Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to put it in, y'all. It is open form Friday. It is a beautiful day outside. I'm going to put it in, y'all. It is open I'm going to put it in, y'all. It is a beautiful day outside. I'm going to put it in, y'all. Welcome to High Frequency Radio. Y'all know how we do it on Friday. It's open mic. You know, we usually can talk about whatever we want to talk about. That's how we do it on Friday. I'm going to put it in, y'all. Like one of the main topics on this show is public and private. And, you know, what we try to do is we try to, get, try to educate people on the difference between public and private and, you know, the significance of that, why why it's so important for people to be private. I'm going to put it in, y'all. It is a master slave relationship going on, all right, that these people are are doing. I'm going to put it in, y'all. You know, when you depend on the government, you know, when you depend on the government, you become subservient to the government. Y'all out there think it's all good and everything. Y'all know what the hell is going on. I'm going to put it in, y'all. You try to, you know, say, well, you have a right to travel travel to your anti-government. If you try to say, you know, uh, talk about your constitutional rights, you're anti-government. If you try to ask the court what jurisdiction they're operating under, you're anti-government. I mean, this is this is incredible. I'm gonna put it you in, y'all. Whoop your kids! I'm gonna put it in, they y'all. They are saying that you don't own your children. I'm gonna put it when in, y'all. When your children are born, and you get you that birth certificate, people have to really, you know, think about this. You have given your children to the state is not any different than when you incorporate. I'm gonna put it in, y'all. Your rights are severely restricted. You uh, uh, you have a duty to abide by the rules and regulations of the United States Corporation. I'm going to put it when in, you y'all. a Black Law Dictionary, and you look up the word slavery, it tells you in there. I'm going to put it in, y'all. When they, the Constitution did not eliminate slavery. I'm going to put it in, slavery. y'all. What they agreed to do is that they were not going to use the word slave anymore. It tells you that very clearly. So the next question. That you should be asking yourself. I'm going to put it in, y'all. What are they using in place of that now? Because if you are a slave, you don't have right to property. You don't have right to your kids. You don't have right to nothing. It's not the game is not played where you think, well, yeah, I'm abiding by the law. That's not how the game is played. How the game is played is when you start getting into this right here, you better be ready for a scrap, and you better know what you're doing. I hope they because they're not playing fair. Because they have an interest in keeping slaves. I hope they These people are corrupt. They don't have nothing to do black and white. These are black motherfuckers doing this shit. Low life. I hope they listen. Low life. I hope they know people. Traitors. I hope they D.I.D. Crackers in the I hope they yeah. don't be knowing what's going on. These people is into slavery. They don't be knowing what's going on. These people is into slavery. That's another thing. I'm gonna put it in, y'all. You understand? You are a slave. Fear is a decision. On Wall Street, there is a wall. Fear is a decision. and there are people receiving payments. Fear is a decision. Payments. You are a slave. Fear is a decision. And it tells you that in your scripture. If you owe fear is a decision. You are a slave. I mean, fear is a decision. They say fear is a decision. Poisoning people, fear is a decision. After they give you, 
2018 broadcasting live from Atlanta, Georgia. Got a good show lined up for you today. It is open forum Friday. Phone lines are open. You know what it is. Get the call in. And let's talk about some stuff. I'm sitting here right now checking out some things, some interesting things. I got a couple of announcements first I want to make. I'm starting back my trust webinars this month. I'm going hard into trust. Real, real hard. I'm putting together webinars and everything. You know, I've been on YouTube making a lot of web uh, videos and everything. Got my video editing skills up to par. These new training videos going to be like, wow, you know, like you're walking into a movie or something. <sighs> well, we do an open forum Friday, you know, y'all get to call in and you hit one and talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's kind of like an open open mic kind of thing, you know, I, I kind of came up with. But as far as uh, other announcement I wanted to make, I wanted to talk about this uh, this Trump thing, too. You know, it's, uh, I was um, watching this thing on Trump. It, you know, I, you know, it's saying that Trump is trying to get rid of, you know, U.S. citizenship, you know, being born, naturalized in the United States. And he's issuing an executive order. And I'm like, uh, you know, it always kills me, you know, how just to really watch, you know, like the people in America, just how just much they just, just how dumbed down they are. You know, they don't know what an executive order is. Um, they don't understand, you know, what, you know, how demonic the 14th Amendment really is. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, it's just really interesting just uh, just to see, you know, the mindset of the people and everything. They, You know, they come here and start... They just get upset about things. I'm looking at them like, you know, it's like they're making Trump look like it. I'm like, shit, that look like a good thing. Get rid of that. I don't know. Y'all call in and tell me y'all's opinion on it. Just like I had some people, they say, like, slavery, you know, you know, they protect us, you know, from slavery. I'm like, the 13th Amendment didn't get rid of slavery. Just read the damn definition. And a Black's Law Dictionary will tell you that very clearly. It didn't get rid of slavery. It did not. I had this message. Somebody left a message on my damn. Uh, let me read this to y'all. You know, somebody always got something. You know, I'd put up a video. Somebody always got to come on and just demonstrate how uh, you're wrong. You know, you need to tone down with the self-righteousness. Let me, let me read what he said. What he say? He said, you know, like they're going to... Uh, School me on going into into court and everything. 
He said, let me read this. He said, it is one thing to walk into a court. Wait, no, hold on. Wait, wait, let me start from the beginning. He said, hey, man, easy with the righteous tongue. Okay, so I'm being self-righteous. It is one thing to walk into a court with full confidence of the facts, be belligerent in your resolve, and know everything written in Scripture. It's another thing to know every single out the judge has to use against you. Wow. You know, I mean, like, you're not going to know every single out the judge has to use against you. You know, like, that's like predicting the future. You don't have to know every single out the judge has against you. All you need to know is a few principles. You know, that's what it is. You know, a few principles, you'll know what to say. Anything you say can and will be used against you. Answer a question with a question. You know, things like that. You know, just simple things. But he says, there is nothing stopping the judge from acting in dishonor. Okay, it's not about him acting in dishonor. It's about you staying in honor. You don't care if they go into dishonor. You want them to go in dishonor. They try to go into dishonor to try to coax you into going into dishonor. If they're in dishonor and you're in honor, you're okay. The problem is when you go into dishonor as well, there he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants to do. That's what the resolve is all about. And worst of all, if you're walking into a municipal court for a summary offense, now we're talking about traffic tickets, he's talking about municipal court, you're already in the wrong setting. Wow, we didn't know that. Summary offenses are codified as general rule, which are punishments for violating general rules, are found in chapter called governance of the system. I don't, I don't understand that. I was incoherent. Therefore, simply having a social security number puts you into their jurisdiction and if it's a traffic offense, the WID number on the vehicle registration serves as proof that you're employed as a messenger service. Now, you can tell these people be new and shit. And it's like, man, why are you telling us this bullshit that we already been knowing for the last damn 15 fucking years? And I got videos on my YouTube page. They'll come on to my YouTube page, watch one damn video. They brand fucking new and then think that they're just taking you to school on some stuff. I mean, it's just amazing. You know, it all really what that goes in, it goes into telling me about your disposition. You know, you're just so anxious to think you're going to school me on something that you don't take time to investigate. Who is this man? Let me see what he knows. Let me go in on his uh, YouTube page and see what other type of information he has. You know, what is this that he's reading right now? Because I'm reading the damn thing, you know. So he goes on, he says, so you can't just tell people they should simply be listening to God's word in the Bible. Why can't I say that? You sound like a damn devil. Why can't I say that? You can't just tell people to simply be listening to God's word in the Bible. I, I think God said, if you, are, if you are for me, if God is with you, who is against you? Why? I don't understand that. Now, we can go into natural law and actually who is God, concepts of God, and things like that. That's a conversation I love to entertain. But you should always be spirit. The spirit always precedes the physical. Always. There's nothing in the universe that involves having some sort of spiritual aspect to it. This is just ridiculous. These are people right here. They're just totally ignorant of spiritual laws and their operation. Uh, these are things woven into the fabric of growing up. Even you had to study law exhaustive for years to get as far as you have. I've also studied spirituality for uh, many, many years. And I guarantee that even you could find yourself behind bars quickly because of a judge that cares little for the letter of the law. I think I said in the video that if you, I said all through this video that if you're not prepared to go to jail, you don't need to be doing this. I've already walked into a court and read the statute that appeared on my summons in its entirety. 
because it defined my innocence and had the officer admit he was mistaken and the judge still found me guilty only because I would have had to file a trial de novo. De novo means anew. So he said, I would have had to file a trial de novo over a $40 fine and $120 court fee, and that would have tripled had I pushed the issue. My problem is that I didn't know. You don't do a de novo. You take it to an appeal, and the Supreme, the appellate judges will make a decision as to whether or not they're going to do a de novo review of these proceedings and everything, and that's whether or not you have a transcript of the proceedings, if you have a stenographic record of the proceedings. It goes on. That was a military tribunal. I mean, this guy, is just, I was lucky to have walked out of the courtroom with handcuffs simply because I was standing at a ship in a ship in dry dock, sitting up on international waters, speaking to the ship's captain. Okay, so, you know, now you're telling us some more, some admiralty stuff. And there was no way I, I had the judge tell me in camera, in camera means, and in camera is private, it's in chambers. We say in camera, he's throwing around all these legal words. That my plea was not signed in a contract convicted of having only one signature containing without prejudice. There was no law, no rules, no honor, no God. Okay, so you can see right here that this guy has a negative mindset. Okay, so he draws upon himself the things that he predominantly thinks about. He has no faith. Um, something happened to him. And this is typical. You're going to see this a lot with people who get involved with this. They're angry. They're angry. Okay. That's the first rule in spirituality is maintaining the calmness about yourself in spite of what things look like. Okay. Things could be looking bleak. Things could be looking negative and everything, but you can't allow what the outward appearance is showing you to dictate what's going on inside of you. You can't allow that to control your inner, your, your inner spiritual balance that you have to upset that. This is a spirituality. You got to get this down in order to do this. But see, this is somebody who's mad about me bringing the spirituality in this. This is really a person who don't believe in God. That's what you're really kind of hearing. They don't believe, they don't believe in anything. They don't believe that there is a higher power that is in control of anything. They basically think that the judge is God that these other human beings walking around are some sort of gods, and they don't have any faith in the power that is within themselves. They have given all of, all their power and have given it to these other mortals. That's what you're saying. Phone lines are open, 424-222-5250, you on the line, what's on your mind? Good morning. Morning. That whole thing over the 14th Amendment, I've been researching that. And I've got a friend of mine, because, you know, I got Westlaw, so he's got LexisNexis. And we're digging through the cases, trying to get where the courts have defined that part of the phrase and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Now, because of everything, where you filled in a lot of the blanks on what I was seeing, that phrase, in my mind, the only way the federal government has that jurisdiction is by contract. If you come here legally right. and you sign naturalization papers, then now you are subject to the jurisdiction thereof, okay? But I have yet found anything where the courts allude to that at all. 
they just say it's birth or naturalization. But if the if the prince comes over here with his wife and she's pregnant and has a baby, that's not a U.S. citizen because the government doesn't have jurisdiction over them. You know, there's a case. There's a case that I think goes into it um, pretty good. Um, it was uh, Susan B. Anthony versus the United States. Uh, oh, that's you, uh, a real good case. Yeah, Susan B. Anthony versus the United States, um, I think, really gives uh, uh, gives you some uh, insight because uh, the judge in that case did a very good treatise on the 14th Amendment. And uh, let me see if I pull it up for you real quick. Uh, let me see if I got the case right here. It's unlawful. You know, Susan B. Anthony, she's a woman. You know, she did some... You know, he got mad at her because she voted. And uh, let me see. Let me pull it up real yeah, quick. Yeah, she was charged with a felony for voting. Yeah, for voting. You know, this is how these, these people, these people are just crazy, man. <laughs> they be tripping me out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, you know, the laws that they make be just like damn silly as hell. You know, it's like, you know, it just be silly. You know, some of the laws that they make just silly. You know, I, it's just in my opinion, you know, it's, just silly, you know. You're going to give somebody up. You know, what is it, this woman, you know, that you got to give her a felony? A felony. Yeah. That's oh, it. Let me, now, I, they ended up. Um, I'm trying to pull it up right now and, see if I can find it. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I know that that case, she did end up winning, I think, at the yeah, end. Yeah, she did. But it was a fight. Yeah. Yeah, in the end it did. She did win in the end, but it was a it was it was it was a long fight. Uh let me see. Man, I'm trying to find this case. I had it. Uh was it Susan B. Anthony versus the United States? Let me see if I can find it on Justia. Uh Uh, Susan B. Anthony versus the United States, 1873. This looks like it right here. Let's see if this is it. Yeah, right here. When the 14th Amendment became a part of the U.S. Constitution in July 1868, uh, women's rights leaders who had been actively campaigning through two decades of women's suffrage were angered by the wording of Section 2. That section written to encourage states to give the vote to black males seen to place in doubt the citizenship of females by inserting the word male into the Constitution for the first time. Uh, let's see. Voting cast, pretrial persuasion. Oh, man, where's the damn case, man? It, you know, it, you don't have, you have that much problem finding a damn case on the... Uh, uh, I can't find a case. It's not on here. Let's see. United States record and conviction. Here go the archives right here. Because I really wanted to read it because this judge, he breaks it down, the 14th Amendment. He explains what it was written for. Um, now, I got, I have a whole bunch of case law as far as, you know, uh, talking about the distinction between uh, the 14th Amendment before the fourth, you know, the 14th Amendment, because you can go into, um, let's see right here. 
me pull this up. Before the 14th Amendment, there's a case called Hathaway versus, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, well, you find it in volume 44, main page 518 in 1859. For it is certain that in the sense in which the word citizen is used in the federal constitution, citizen of each state and citizen of the United States are convertible terms. They mean the same thing for the citizen of each state are entitled to all the privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states and citizens of the United States are of course, citizens of all the United States. So this was before the 14th Amendment. There was they, they didn't make a distinction. After the 14th Amendment in 1868, it says, it is quite clear then that there is a citizenship of the United... And they, they changed the word citizen from a capital letter to a, a lowercase letter. So, they, so when they were saying citizenship of the United States, they were talking about the United States of America, continental United States of America. And that's why you got to know the different senses they use United States. So after the 14th Amendment, because of Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, Congress can only legislate for that district. Okay, you, we, see, this is how you know what something applies to, because all you got to do is look and see, well, what powers have been delegated to Congress? Okay, well, they can only legislate for their, the 10-mile the square and all of their insular possessions. That's it. Okay, they don't now, have any plenary it, power over the several states. Okay, unless there's some sort of federal, unless there's some sort of federal zone, that's when we get into a discussion about the Buck Act and how they've made this overlay over the United States, made this federal jurisdiction that's an invisible overlay of the United States that involves that social security number and so forth. But before, after the 14th Amendment, it changed up. You know, this citizenship became a citizenship they use in a, a common noun now because they allow corporations to become citizens. They had to bring in legal fictions in order to franchise um, blacks, okay, who were not living in Washington, D.C., who were down south, who were all over the place. They had to make them, they had to franchise them into a part of the United States and create a legal fiction. And they did that. Uh, this fiction, corporations fit under the description of fiction, an artificial person. So they created all these artificial persons. Okay, assigned them social security numbers and so forth, made them citizens of the United States right there in Washington, D.C. I mean, very, I don't even say why people have a hard time understanding this because everything starts with the Constitution. Okay, it's just like a trust document. The Constitution is a trust, is no different than any trust document that you're going to read. It's exactly the same fucking thing. Okay, you appoint trustees and you delegate to them powers. Okay. To make somebody a party to the trust, they have to sign a contract with the trustee. Okay, if you have a trust, if you're going to go out and do some, if I'm going to do some work for your trust, I gotta, they, they're going to hand me a contract, i got to sign it, and i I got to agree to all the terms of the trust. This is with any trust indenture agreement on planet Earth. Ain't no different with the Constitution. You're not a party to the Constitution uh, uh, of the United States unless you contract with them. I, unless you contract with them. You have private citizens didn't have anything to do with the United States. Not at all. Okay? So when they made you U.S. citizens, that's a contract. You didn't contract it in to that jurisdiction. And I don't see what is so difficult about understanding that. Because all you have to do is read the Constitution and understand delegation of power and separation of powers. Okay? Well, understand that. Article 1, Section 8. There are their powers. 
Okay, they cannot exercise a power that has not been delegated to them. And they don't exercise a power that hasn't been delegated. That is one thing I will say to them. All the accusations that they're doing something unconstitutional, I can't really find that. I can. There's some questionable things as far as the interpretation of the Constitution, that loophole how they interpreted uh, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 to create corporations and all that. That can be brought into question, but usually in a trust document, uh, that's what you do do with the trustees. You give them power to execute everything they need within the trust document. That's why that wording is in the Constitution as well. This necessity. No. They, uh, they call it a necessity. And when you read the case law, the judges will explain it to you. Everything cannot be expressly stated in the Constitution. So there's going to have to be some sort of implied powers that are going to be associated with the trustees so they can put all their foregoing powers into effect. Check Check your email. All right. So, I, you know, I just sent you, I sent you the case. Okay, Susan B. okay, thanks. So, you know, the thing about You're it welcome. is, you know, it makes sense to me. Okay, yeah, you know, they got they made this fourteenth amendment, they claimed that they was protecting blacks, which I very well do think that you know that was uh a part of it. You know, I don't I think that was a part of it. They needed to uh have something like that because you had all these um Laws have been instituted down in the South and everything like that. And, hey, to help, you know, help blacks. But they turned around and did everybody like that. That's what happened. They got every Yeah, this is it right here. It's defendant Susan B. Anthony. You go down here, you can see the 14th Amendment. Okay, the 14th Amendment creates and defines citizenship of the United States. It had long been contended and had been held by many learned authorities and had never been judicially decided to the contrary that there was no such thing as a citizen of the United States, except as the condition arose from citizenship of some state. And that's what you're seeing before the 14th Amendment. There really wasn't such thing as really as a U.S. citizen before the 14th Amendment. It was just an understanding that, hey, you want these citizens of the several states, you're automatically a citizen of the United States. You know, because that's how it was. But they didn't made this, they didn't made this dual citizenship type thing in the country now. And it goes on, it says, no mode mode existed, it was said, of obtaining a citizenship of the United States except by first becoming a citizen of some state. This question is now at rest. The 14th Amendment defines and declares who shall be citizens of the United States to wit. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. The latter qualification was intended to exclude the children of foreign representatives and the like. Uh, with this qualification, every person born in the United States or naturalized is declared to be a citizen, lowercase c, of the United States and of the state wherein it resides. After creating and defining citizenship of the United States, the 14th Amendment provides that no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. This clause is intended to be a protection not to all our rights, but to our rights as citizens of the United States only. And you're going to see also that the 14th Amendment doesn't include the Bill of Rights. The 14th Amendment doesn't oh, include doesn't. the Bill of Rights. It doesn't. You know well, what I'm saying? You, didn't, you know, this is like, you know, all this stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on with this. Say what you're going to say. I got a law review journal, and I've got it in my email. I just got to go dig it up, where it goes over the original intent of the 14th Amendment, and it was dealing with um, – the feminist movement and them fighting for their rights and stuff, right? Or their supposed rights. 
And it explains in that law review journal the original intent of the 14th Amendment didn't apply to nobody but former slaves. And that's what I tell people. I said, there ain't no former slaves alive today. None of y'all has been enslaved. Y'all were born free. But they had to get you to sign a contract because every government document asked you, are you a U.S. citizen? A citizen. That's what it is, you know, but they... But see, like when you're looking right now, okay, this, okay, what do you think about Trump? He's saying that he's a, what do you think Trump's intent behind trying to issue some sort of executive order? They talking about to repeal the four. He can't repeal the Fourteenth Amendment. All he's doing is, all he is doing is issuing a check and a balance. A check. He can refuse. The Congress can make the laws. He can refuse to enforce them. He could just refuse to yeah. enforce them. That's all it is. Well, that's how they exercise their checks and balances. And then we can take it now, to the Supreme Court. Then you have to take it to the Supreme Court. But what he's doing is he's playing a chess move with them. Okay, I'm going to refuse to enforce this. I'm going to issue an executive order. Then let's take it over to the Supreme Court and let's have it adjudicated. He's going to war with Congress and everything. And they have to take that and adjudicate it in, in, with the Supreme Court. But during that time, it's going to be a lull. Okay, it's like a delay tactic. Because now he can get done what he needs to done, whether it's building that wall or whatever it is that he needs to do. Okay, it's a dilatory yep. tactic. It's a dilatory tactic. And people need to understand that. He, he knows he can't change the Constitution, but he, his power as president and the executive, hey, we enforce the laws. And if I don't feel like enforcing something, I don't have to. Well, one, he he's not dumb, okay? Hell he no, knows... He knows the things we are talking about. He knows that yep. the 14th yep. Amendment and what it, who it applies to. Yep. So yep. When, he, when he looks at it, he knows what we all know, that that and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, it doesn't apply to them because there's got to be that contract, that minimum contact that has started it. That's Trump exactly knows right. That. That's exactly right. It has to be a minimum contact. And see, that's why I put those videos up, like Invisible Contracts by George Mercier, um, where he gets into, man, that man was so intelligent. Some people, listen, let me tell you something, man. This is what people need to understand, too. There are people out there who are telling us stuff. There are doc- The reason I'm reading these documents, some of these documents are written by people they didn't put their name on them, like creditors and their bonds and and a couple of other documents. People didn't put their name. Also, nature of the remedy, things like that. People are writing these documents. When I read them, I say, man, whoever wrote this, he got to be an insider. Ain't nobody, ain't no regular layman on the street going to have this much knowledge about the law. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And and so, you know, especially with insight in, on, on things and things. On some of the things, not everything I read, but on some of the things that I read. And um, when I first got into this, what we were told is that judges put the information out there. Because you got to think about it. Um, who, how would somebody just find out about this information? All right, what's the chance of somebody just finding this out? Okay, I got a, I got a guy who, um, he's a brother. He showed me his UCC1 filing. He got a UCC1 filing from 1968. It's like 1968. Ain't got no... UCC number on it or nothing. And he told me, I said, say, man, who introduced you to it? He said, Jews introduced him to it. He gave me the whole story. 
He said Jews introduced him to it in 1968. That's how he knew about it. Now, this is back for computers, all this stuff that we got going on today, and explained everything to him. Now, this is he showed me the filing, 1968, and he explained to me how he found out about it. He said Jews set him down and taught him everything about this. Okay, now, so you know, so and so when people tell me these things, I'm like. They try to give it to this uh, who's the, them uh, them uh, free Freeman, uh, the Montana Montana Freeman and all them guys and none of them Robert Elvick Robert Elvick didn't make this shit. He did not make. I don't know where they got that. He didn't. He didn't create this. He created none of this. He just one of the early people who the information was given to and started teaching and everything. This information been floating around for a long time. And I'm gonna tell you what else was told to me. What was told to me is. That there are communities, because that's how you're really supposed to do this as a community, okay? There are communities that own large tracts of land, and and if you, if you go around the country, I've been to them. We got one here in Georgia, way out here. Somebody took me out here. It ain't nothing but a community and nothing but millionaires. It's way out in the woods. And you drive out there, and like, where in the fuck did they, they build this shit? You know, if you have a go into a place like that, you're like, what in the hell? It's out here in Georgia. I'm like, man, look at, look at, I didn't even know this was out here. I right, way out here and everything. I mean, everybody wealthy, uh, trust fund babies, everybody there, okay? They got their own little downtown and little shops and shit like that. You'll never know it was there. You move in there. You, go, you can't just move in there. You can't just buy a house there or anything like that. And, you know, so you got these communities like this all around. And people will open up their eyes and start looking. These are the people that know this information. They know what's going on. You just didn't know what was going to be kept secret from you. It's been kept secret from you. Check the email. I sent you that law review journal. If you go down to page five, it'll be uh, Roman numeral four. How the blacks... How have blacks and women's done under the current constitutional rules? The very first paragraph tells you. Is it right here? It said, where do we go from here to 14th Amendment? Uh, The other one. Yep. That was put out by the Temple. That's it. That was put out by the Temple Law Review Journal. Yeah, and, you know, I read these law reviews all the time because they're the ones that do the research. They're up there. They're reviewing the law. And and a lot of them are college students or professors. And they're going, that's why I read, and that's why I said in one of my videos, I said, man, some of the professors and everybody, they questioning the same stuff we questioning. They out here trying to call people sovereign citizens and shit. I'm like, man, you go read some of these stuff these law professors are writing and everything. Like, it's saying the same damn thing we saying. Same thing. They just don't come out, you know, publicly and, you know, they're able to verbalize it. Because one thing I notice about them is this. They watch their wording. All of them do. They watch how yeah. they word things, like kind of like how they always stay politically correct, I guess would be the thing. Like Trump, you will never hear him say that the left is Jewish, which in my opinion, that's what he'd be talking about when he talk about the Democrats and everything like that. He's talking about the Jews. He's talking about the Jews. All right. But he's never going to say that as president. But everything that I see about what's going on right now, that's what it's pointing to. It's pointing to something about between some type of disagreement between jews and white people but that that point right there is not what's never being said everything else is they throwing around all these words the left 
uh, the conservatives, and all that, all these wor- these colorful words are being used. But when you really go in beneath all of this and see what's going on, it's some type of racial issue right here. It's these people recognizing these Jews and took over every damn thing. They took over the uh, the judicial system, okay? And the reason they took over the judicial system is because of the debt, okay? So they're creating these statutes through the statute merchant so they can draft everybody for what they owe. That's why they're using a debt-based system, and the judicial system is the way that it's used because taxes, 100% of your taxes is going back to pay the interest on the national debt, okay? You, know, you found that out. Ronald Reagan told all y'all that with the Grace Commission report. So ain't none of y'all taxes going on the services y'all think they are. They put it in black and white for you, okay? Well, you what argue is a, that. You've said it. You've said it before. What is a court? It's a bank. And where is it's the Jews? Bank. They're in all the banks. They they own all the banks, and what they and that's why most of the judges are Jews because they they overseers. That's why you can't get no justice in there because they're looking at you as a going. Y'all owe this damn money, and we are gonna get it back from your ass. So since you own, since you won't pay it back in taxes, we're going to arrest you. We're going to give y'all traffic tickets. We're going to do property taxes on you. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna tax you to death and get our money. If you don't want to pay, guess what? We're going to lock your ass up, shoot you dead. And if your president and your country don't want to act right, we will get all our other countries to come together and go to war with your ass. Now, that's what's going on. It ain't it ain't hard to see. Now we can make this other stuff, you know, that you want and make it colorful, throw all these colorful words on it, but it's all around that national debt. It's about money and slavery. Okay? In other words, you're gonna work for us and pay back this damn debt. Your kids gonna work for us and your children's children gonna work for us. What do you think they're talking about in Leviticus chapter twenty five forty five? That is they book. They follow the Torah and the Talmud. Yeah. These principles, hey, all the principles that, hey, I tell people to. Oh, he got dropped. I'll wait for him to call back in. I did, I did not hang up on him. I had to make that, that statement. He, I, he must have dropped himself. I get him when he calls back in. I get him when he calls back in. Let me go. Let me go. Let me uh. Let me pull somebody else in real quick. Yeah, but y'all need to understand that. Y'all need to understand what's going on. Y'all need to just get to the real deal of what's happening. New Jersey. New Jersey. Nine zero eight zero four one nine. You on the line? What's on your mind? Uh, peace, Yusuf. Good, uh, good rising. It's a uh, philosophist again. How hey, what's going? going on? What's going on? Not much. No, I'm. I'm real happy to hear you back in the air consistently and um this morning it's funny that all the stuff you're talking about there's a bunch of stuff i'd love to talk to you about that relating to this that really i don't feel comfortable about saying on the air because a lot of it has to do with like because you said it the other day like a lot of this is outlined in, in the tax code but i don't want to put too much out there about that right right of, but um but about you know the thing with, with Trump and the Fourteenth Amendment, and I think like last week you were talking about that what Kanye was saying, and everyone was like blowing that off. But like he actually, I never even thought of it in the way that he put it when he talked about the Thirteenth Amendment being created in a time where 
like, you know, uh, a melanated person who read the 13th Amendment could be jailed for reading the 13th Amendment and then thus put right back into involuntary servitude because all they ever <laughs> did was change the, uh, you know, they, they outlawed the peculiar institution of slavery, which just means they changed the definition. That They always use that, the peculiar this, the peculiar that. They call it a peculiar and institution. You know, mm-hmm. that sounds like the yeah, damn exactly. slang, you know. You know, what type of fucking shit is that? The peculiar. <laughs> what is that shit peculiar about slavery? <laughs> and I think, well, it's, it's their, like, you know, that legal way of saying, you know, we're calling it this one peculiar thing. All right, we're going to stop calling it this, and we're going to call it this. <laughs> and, uh, but... Business as usual. All they did was like outlaw the word slavery. That's it. That's how they got rid of they got rid of slavery by getting rid of the word slavery. But the peculiar institution was protected from the abolitionists. What that means is you can still what you can still that you can still put somebody into some sort of servitude. Right? Yep. Some sort of servitude. All right, and it's voluntary. Involu- you can't put nobody in involuntary yes. servitude now. Voluntary servitude is dangerous because if you don't know your rights, you can be signed a document or something and put your ass in voluntary servitude. That's what 12 years slave was about. Somebody, his mm-hmm. ass got kidnapped and taken away and put in sure. involuntary servitude for 12 years and bonded. People need to really watch yeah. 12 years of slave because I think what be slipping on them is the part how these slaves were kept in slavery was through bonds, That's promissory right. notes, debt instruments. It was a debt. And in regard to that, another funny thing, like I noticed, a friend of mine drew this parallel. Well, you know, now, you know, since everyone who's uh, uh, admits to be, a, a, let's say, a 14th Amendment citizen, whatever the fuck that is, um, well, we all go to public school for 12 years where we're graded and certified and then sent out into the workforce. So now everyone sort of goes through through 12 years of um, indoctrination. And those are number 12, like the 12 disciples and all of that. But it's it's number 12. You go to indoctrination for 12 years. Now, I don't don't knock public school. See, because I went and did the research on that, too. You got to understand, the public school system Mm -hmm. didn't really start until, like, around the early 1900s, something like that. 19, I don't think, what was it, about 1910? I forgot the exact date, but Mm -hmm. um, when when they were trying to institute it, all the schools in America were private, and... The Catholic Church was the biggest person that was going against them. There was a long, hard, drawn-out fight over that. You know, they're trying to compel everybody to this public education because that was a part of their New World Order tactic was to dumb down everybody and make people basically um, turn into workers. In other words, they came up with a determination that they only need 15% of the population to be educated. Okay, that's all you need. The rest of my 85% only need to be mindless workers. You just need to do what the fuck you're told. So we don't need all y'all educated. We don't need an educated citizenry. All we need you to do is just be functionally literate, just know enough information to push a button, sit your ass down, get up, go to the restroom, come on time, 
Come work and reproduce, eat, sleep, and reproduce, and do what the fuck we tell you to do. That's it. So you have this class this class thing going on where you have the elite. And I'm going to say, I'm gonna say I watched a movie called The Island, which was a very good uh-huh. movie because uh, it was about cloning, which they always uh, they always showing you the truth in these movies. That ain't nothing but the truth. All right. And these clones were only educated up to like about a seventh grade level. And you can see the childish mindset of them. But one of them, they started catching the memories of everything of the person they were cloned from. And that was the, this little, um, this thing, you know, this, uh, this anomaly that started happening that they started noticing. But it was a real good movie because it demonstrated to me that if you keep somebody contained, and this is what the Garden of Eden story was all about also, that when you raise a child the way he should be when he's older, he will not depart from it. If you keep somebody within a certain band of information, okay, you can train their mind to be what you want them to be. So if you're only exposed to public ed- public school education your entire life, you're gonna think like a public a public per- public school person, and be you know that's why a lot of the people who are successful in business don't really go to college. Or, or drop nope. out and things like that. It's Mark Zuckerberg, you know, Bill Gates, you know, all these guys and everything, they ain't go to college or anything because they didn't get the indoctrination because they learned early on this is an indoctrination for a damn job. To be a business person yep. requires another set of skills and another uh, another kind of education that you have to acquire, okay? You know, I'm trying to teach people that right now. You don't have to go to college. You get all the education you need right now off of YouTube for any kind of business yep. that you want to do. You're better off. I go to I fucking mean, college, you're not, but you're right. You're right. I'm gonna let you talk. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I get to start talking. So, oh, much, no, but, it's all, it's all good. but that thing but about no, the right. education, the education was real. You know, it was like um, the Catholic Church mm-hmm. battled with them about that, and where the Catholic Church lost out on was property taxes. That's how they eventually mm-hmm. penetrated the Catholic Church is with property taxes. They got them to succumb yeah. to, uh, to to bow down. Thanks. Just like the rest of it. I mean, that's sort of like how they contract with, how they contracted all of the individual states eventually. Oh, you took some money? Okay, you want, you want the funding? Okay, well, you want tax exemption? Okay, well, do this, do that. Um, I feel like that, well, there's a saying, it's like never, uh, never, let, um, never let school interfere with your education. And um, I think that like, um, well, like the, uh, well, and that's one thing I noticed with the Catholics, just like just like the um, like they're the Jesuits, just like the uh, what I noticed about the the, the the Catholics, especially like the Jesuits and like Jehovah's Witnesses, for whatever their 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 dogmatic tradition is, they're very they're very intellectually analytical about the book. They don't just get preached to, and that. I feel like, you know, because I've met a lot of, like, people, like, in this movement, and for, even, like, I said, you were, like, uh, brought up Jehovah's Witness, and I, from what I can tell, like, most Jehovah's Witnesses are, at the very least, not taught to just take what's preached to them. They actually study the Bible, and that can make a, a big difference when it comes to that's like, why going, I do give them stuff. I do give them a, um, if you just want my honest opinion, okay, because, yeah, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, up until I was about 20 years old. And um, I believed in the Jehovah's Witness uh, doctrine, uh, you know, because because of what you just said. I really thought that we studied the Bible more intensely than a typical Christian. When I went to a typical Christian church, 
you know, I would go in there, the preacher would preach, he'd read one or two scriptures, and then we out, you know what I'm saying? He'd clap your hands, play some good music, uh, you know, flirt with some women, and I'm out, I'm out of there. And, you know, that that was it. You know, that's all I saw. Even their Sunday school teaching, it wasn't really anything in depth. Um, you know, with uh, with, uh, the, with the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons, I'll give the Mormons, uh, you know, their thing mm-hmm. too, because uh, I've been to, I've actually been to Mormon services as well. Yep. I got invited to a Mormon service, believe it or not. And uh, you oh, know, it was oh, a very oh. interesting experience. I want to talk about them for a second too, but I don't have anything negative to say about either one of their organizations, uh, as well as the Seventh Day Adventists. Seventh Day Adventists are real heavy mm-hmm. on education with our college and things of that nature. Uh, but um, what 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 I saw, I'm going to tell you the difference between my later education I received, where all of them fall short, and I'm talking about Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, and Seventh-day Adventists, as well as the regular churches, none of them teach you anything in the original language. Okay? Exactly. They don't teach you Hebrew. All right? So you really still not ever really getting the entire truth. Okay? So all exactly. of them fall flat. And then they teach their people that it's not important for them to know Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic or anything. Now, the person yep. who taught me knew Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. So when I started studying those books and those languages, I got a vastly different picture of oh. what was being stated. Now, I'll give you an example. One of the things that the Christians is the biggest, the only word that probably Christians know is the word Elohim. So... Right. You can read in the Bible where it says, and God said, let us, us, plural, us. create man in our, plural, image and our likeness. Now, they got to explain that shit. So they come to you and say, well, that's Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Because right here, I'm going to show you a scripture where Jesus was with God in the beginning and the Holy Spirit. So they make this triune God, and they start explaining some shit to you that really, at the end of the day, don't make no damn sense to you. You know, you can't like, this shit's not really making that much sense to me, what you're saying. But I'm going to go on and shake my head and agree to it because, you know, they like, because they shame you into going along with them. If you don't believe this, you're not a good Christian. Uh, if you, you know what I'm saying, are you something make you feel like you're from the devil? Are you questioning what they're saying or something like that, that you're not a righteous person or something like that? Okay, and that's why you got to be the kind of person to be like, motherfucker, this shit don't make no sense. You don't. Not my God, okay? You are just a damn mortal. You don't even understand what the fuck you talking about. I could care less if you got a title preacher, reverend, sheep. Uh, that shit don't mean nothing to me. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's the game and everything. You know, they try to use uh, some title to force their opinion about something on you and try to also cover up their ignorance because they don't really know. So you Absolutely. read this right here. It says, and God said, let us create man and I am after likeness. So we got to look at this word God. Where the fuck did this word come from? Because it's not in anywhere in the original scripture. There is no word God. God is a German word. Okay, that word only been around since 750. The word there in Hebrew is Elohim. You had a Yod and a Mim, which are Hebrew letters, on the end of the word Elo. It becomes from a singular to a plural. And that yes. same word, Elo, that's in Genesis, is in Psalms 182.6. Ain't no, don't give me that big G, little G concept, because ain't no damn capital letters in Hebrew. 
That's right. This is the ridiculousness. This is the type of thing you got to get into it with these people and the extent of their ignorance that you got to contend with because they, you know, they don't even know they've been dumbed down. They don't see the importance of these different things. So you've been given a concept about God. Okay, and this is why these Jews are doing what they're doing because they know you dumbed down. You go and look at their, their, their show, they'll tell you Christianity and all these religions for people who aren't critical thinkers. You know, that's what the lady says. She said, you know, it's be, you know, they ain't critical thinkers. Because a critical thinker would think, would know that, you know what, it's important for me to study this damn original, the original language this shit was written in. Because if I'm believing somebody else, what I'm doing is I'm putting my soul in that man's hand. I'm putting my salvation in that man's hand. And on the day of standing, on judgment day, he's not going to be there standing next to me as my proctor. Nope. Okay. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna be next to me. Okay, he's gonna. He's got. You know, I'm gonna be standing alone, and I'm gonna get questioned by my. Why didn't you pick up that damn book and check out and see what these words were saying in Hebrew? Well, my preacher That's told right. me, you know, take your, sit your ass down. <laughs> well, that's like. I mean, I would. Well, Stephen, on that, like, I, I mean, I would recommend everyone if they're studying the Bible. Like, I use um. Strong's exhaustive concordance because you can go through the the he, yep the he, the Hebrew and the, and the, the Greek <laughs> and the Latin yeah and, and compare all the verses in Hebrew they got the Hebrew on one side the English on the other side they got search terms you can yep. search out the words and everything and you can see what I'm saying I'm not saying nothing that mm-hmm. you can't go and verify for yourself you go and verify this word snake you know they got you know thinking that. Eve is talking to a damn snake in the garden and talking snakes and shit. And, you know, everything else, the extraterrestrials and all that shit is some weird-ass shit. But they ain't not weird about talking to a damn talking snake in the garden. <laughs> oh, my. You know, well, they're, they're, it also they're, reminds me. They're, they're um, tell me well, what you, know, you said. They'll come to me and say, have you ever seen an uh, extraterrestrial? Then I hit back with him. I said, well, have you ever seen an angel before? You know what I'm saying? You know, you got to get into their thinking because that, that's far-fetched to some people, an extraterrestrial. But an angel is not far-fetched, even though you ain't never seen one. Even though in the Bible, angels and extraterrestrials are actually the same thing. Okay, that's what's yep. going to shock them. That's what they're going to find that's going to be shocked. Y'all just gave it this term, extraterrestrial, meaning something extra-terra. Some terra is the word for yep. Earth, something extra outside the Earth. And then you gave this word angel, which means messenger. So what it's really been, when you read in the Hebrew, when y'all read it, it says an angel came from heaven down to earth, saying is a messenger came out of the sky down to earth. That's, right. That's what it's saying in Hebrew. But you read it in his Greek, then threw this Greek on top of it, can't coin this word angel and all this kind of stuff, because the word is malakati or malak in Hebrew. That's what the book mm-hmm. of Malachi is, my angel Malachi. or my messenger. Okay, so it says a messenger came out. The word, he, a heaven that y'all got for heaven is Shemayim. It means skies. But y'all have translated yes, skies in the damn heaven and messenger in the damn angel. Okay? So now you got an angel came out of heaven down to earth. In Hebrew it says a messenger came out of the sky down to earth. This is what we're dealing with. It reminds me of David, like, because uh, I, I got, you know, a while ago I was really into studying all the David Wynn Miller stuff, which is, like, Good stuff. I really like like his, you know, like I mean, he he gets he really, you know, extrapolates. And I, but um, 
when he says that like you know 90% of us at least are only educated up to a second grade level of reading no matter how far up in academia you go you're only taught a second grade comprehension of the words you're using it makes perfect sense and that's like that's what everyone's doing because the etymology like, of the like, words the etymology mm-hmm. of the words is very important and you know the they 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 are very into the heavy you know, it's listen let me tell you something words are powerful words are yes, magic are. this is why you got to know the principles of natural law because the third principle of natural law is vibration Okay, what vibratory frequencies bring about manifestation. Okay, so if you're using words, words manifest themselves. You got to be very cautious and careful of not only what you say, but how you think, but also what you say out of your mouth and everything. That's why I was just talking earlier about this guy. I'm reading this thing right there on uh, YouTube. He left me this message, and he's just negative. So he's he's creating that situation for himself. And if you try to tell them that because they've been indoctrinated with this concept that God is a man up in the cloud somewhere right, that is arbitrary and capricious and handed out blessings, meaning that he is kind of like deciding who he wants to bless. You know, I think I'm going to bless the Christians and everything because they believe in Jesus Christ. And, you know, I ain't going to really bless these Muslims over here or these, uh, or these Jews right here. And all of and, and the groups, all of them are thinking the same way. That in some kind of way, the Creator has favored them over everyone else. When the Creator created laws that which y'all call the Lord in y'all Bible, y'all call it the Lord. <laughs> Thank there are you. laws Thank you. that regulate everything, and those laws are, are are not a respecter of persons. They're immutable. And either the law of cause right. and effect comes in because you're either going to obey God's law or you're not. If you obey him, there's a certain effect that comes with that. If you disobey him, there's another effect that's come with that. The judgment is already pre-written into the law, okay? If you obey the law, there's something going to happen. If you don't, there's something going to happen with that. So it says it's arbitrary and you need to get rid of. You need to get rid of that and understand that a natural law governs everything. It That's right. everything. There's no getting it's around it. That's another thing why they have they can't get no remedy either because they they stuck in positive law. They stuck in man-made yep. law. They stuck in physical things. The spirit because you can't touch, taste, hear, smell, or, or, or see it or anything like that because you can't uh, you know with the uh, tactile senses because all those senses just one sense right. touch. Okay, then exactly. it's not real to you. Okay, and this is what these these wealthy and elite people are studying. I'm into this every day. That's all they study. You go back and read these people, all these philosophers and everything. They're all into esoteric studies, every last damn one of them. What do you think the Masons are? Masons, uh, what is it, Uh, Judaism for Gentiles, right? That's what uh, Albert Pike called it. (laughs) Called Masonry, Judaism for Gentiles. I don't know. Judaism. Well, and... (laughs) And like, well, uh, and you're, I love talking to you, man, because it's like uh, you're one of the only people I can talk to that uh, fucking sane in, in all this shit. Because like, um, one of the things like you know, before I found this, like I, I, I got in tune with natural law. In fact, I'm constantly grateful that like before I found this, I came, I was in that you know, mental and spiritual place where I could recognize this for what it was and not just be angry at it and, and right. have it like, 
you know, consume me because I think that's like it really is like, you know, they get like really it's like like I think you you've put that in some of your videos like they get you to trick yourself into it's like it's mantraya it's like if if you know the guilty mind if if, if you really know exactly. what exactly you're doing then you know what you're doing and you and that will will show and one of the things I, I've really come to realize as far as like study arbitrage. Arbitrage is very important. When you think about the word arbitrage, and the, it comes from the word arbitrary, basically stating that, like, all this shit is arbitrary, and if you understand it, you can create something to put forth that recognizes that. Like, that's, like, um, a lot to do with the IRS code without going into specifics is, like, and and it's with all the different codes, just like the... um. The, the CFR and the USC are, are corresponding bodies of law. Like, you need to know how to, like, use them in tandem. It's the same thing with, like, you know, there, there, there's an IRS code of 1939 and 1954 and 1986. And in in all these, and it says that the way you use them is, like, because, you know, like people have said, don't use the exact, don't, you need to use the code number. You don't use their code. You infer by reference what is right. the code is besides the point. The code is based on what already is, but if you don't know how to infer by, by reference the to code is, things, it, then the code is based off a common law principle and use the principle that's behind the code. Because all these absolutely. laws, all these drafters of these legislations, they gotta know legal principle law law principles and natural law. Yep. So you gotta write it in, in in a harmony with that and that's what it is. All of you that's why it's not good to concentrate on statutes because statutes is not the real law. It's a derivative nope. of the law. It's not the real Absolutely. law. It's not it's, the real it's law. Just, it's, okay, it's a derivative of you got to understand what is real law. Once you understand what real law is, I, then you can see how they, like, for instance, I can look in a lot of the stuff that's in the statutes come out of the Bible. You can look in the Bible. Almost all of it. The, the the statutes are written. They coded just like the Bible. Look Absolutely. at how they write the code. It's, it's written just yep. like the Bible. That was one of the first things. I remember when that hit me, when I was, like, looking at the Bible, and I was looking through some law books, and I was like, wait a minute. You know, the only books I see where you reference through them by looking at for, you know, a number and a colon and another number up in the corner of the page are law books and the Bible. That's how they're exactly. constructed they doing the same exactly thing. the same. It's exactly yep. the same. So, you know, because the, the Bible is a law book. It's a law book. It's yep. a law book. It's, it's a history book and a law book. And, you know, it, it got the laws yep. in it and then show you that, okay, like the uh, the, per, the stories in it is like the court citations. Here's an example <laughs> of what happens when somebody don't follow the law. Here's an example Absolutely. of what happens when somebody does follow the law. You know, that's what it is, a law book. You know, and, and the Masons, the Masons, they, you know, they don't look at it the same way we do. You know, you got a Masonic Bible out there too. They kind, they are, uh, they, they can see the mm-hmm. analogies in it better than the typical Christian can. Yep, yep, absolutely. Actually, I have a, I have a Masonic Bible. Um, it's pretty helpful. But um, when I notice also in the Bible is like, and I think people gloss over this. If you notice all the, the the prophets, all these pe- the, the people that are listened to. They keep the law, and then other people follow the law. So my my inference from that is like, well, if you can't, if you, if you don't have what it is that allows <laughs> you to keep the law, if you can't keep the law, then you have to follow the law. 
because some like you know someone who's true to to themselves to their God nature they they will keep the law. They don't. And that's being a God. And that's being a God. And that's the that's the definition of a true sovereign. Okay, a true right. sovereign is a person that understands the law. Okay, the only thing that you know, like what they do is uh, when they use this word sovereign citizen. You know, their big thing is, well, y'all don't want to follow any law. Okay, and then people never address that. And they start giving you these examples of traffic tickets, speeding, and, you know, and, and school zones. All this just ridiculous shit. You know, this is, you know, like, what are you talking about? We're not even talking about that. Okay, to me, when you are, when you are self-governing, you're going to automatically respect everybody on the planet. I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to, first of all, I'm not going to drive 100 miles an hour everywhere I go because, first of all, I love my own life, okay? I know I'm not only endangering other people, I'm endangering myself, okay? I got enough respect for my fellow man to know not to drive through a school zone at 100 miles an hour. So this is what it's all about. What government is all about is man's inability to govern himself. That's why I played that uh, Teddy Roosevelt clip. You know, because Teddy oh, Roosevelt like was showing, yeah, you know, he's saying that, you know, man can govern himself, but he also has another one where he talks about, he said, if you can't govern yourself from the inside, you're going to have to be governed from the outside. Okay, so Absolutely. one of the things about being a sovereign, this is why I'm always talking about these natural laws, is that you got to, you got to, first of all, honor the first contract. And there was a contract that you made when you came down to this planet. First of all, you have a, you have right. a purpose, you have talent. And everything you need to honor those purposes of talent. You have a a, a, a a duty to the creator of the boundless universe. Okay, and then from there, you got a duty to family, your wife, your children, and things of that nature. These are the duties and things that you have to honor. All right, to be an honorable person. Okay, but what we're looking at in society today, we're looking at a society full of heathens. These are heathens. I'm just yep. going to be honest. Absolutely. You know, enough people get mad no, at me. I agree. Anything like that. But that's what they're looking at. It's like, these are heathens. These are animals. They say, well, they think we're animals. Well, stop acting like an animal. An animal eats, sleeps, and reproduces. Okay, now ask yourself, do you contribute anything on this planet besides eating, sleeping, and reproducing? <laughs> what and have you contributed I... on this planet? I noticed that because, you know, as far as, you know, I, I'm not, look, this, this system is far from perfect because, you know, we're all far from perfect. But the more, you know, I've gotten into this and the more I run, you know, there's way more incentives. If you're, or if you're running, forming, and building organizations that benefit more than just you, more than just, you know, that you, you, then there's a, there's a hell of a lot of incentives. For you to do that but if you're just claiming everything yourself and you're not thinking about building something for the future generations then you kind of get treated like that and it, and it's sort of you know I, I learned from some that you were talking before about you know people with the, the private communities and stuff and I was fortunate enough to be taken under the wing of some people who actually they, they, they're, they're in a community like that and right. Basically, like, they say it's like, you know, the whole thing of you're not being a part of the Constitution, at which, you know, people can say, oh, that's bad. You want to be a part of the Constitution. Well, if you have your own organization with your own charter and this and that, and you want to do business with the corporation and their charter, well, you don't want to be up under, you, you don't want to be 
under the Constitution. You want to be able to stand on what is protected in the Constitution and have it operate properly with, with, with your charter. But if you want to be a party to the Constitution, then you, you want, you're, you're asking yourself to be bound by what they're supposed to be bound by in that, which man, all of, do it anything. Is, it's, all of it is trust law. If you study trust I, law, it is the exact <laughs> same thing. It's exact. The Constitution ain't nothing but a trust. I'm I'm 100% convinced of it. It's a trust document. It is exact. Look at it. Yeah. First of all, just pull it out and look at it. Get your trust <laughs> indenture agreement and put it next to the Constitution. Just look at it first. Just look at it. It's like, God damn, this That's is right. damn. Look at that. Have articles. All these the clauses, all this same yep. thing has a, a you yep. know the preamble is the uh uh the trust uh uh um um the declaration the of trust yep. yeah the declaration of trust you know all it's same mm-hmm. thing you look at like damn it's a damn trust when you look at the Federal Reserve Act yep. declaration of trust it's a trust doc, you know it's a trust indenture agreement that has been incorporated mm-hmm. in, 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 into the statute you see it's like damn it's a right. damn trust and document somebody put together a trust. It's all it and is. Just like in a trust, you can just like in a trust, the trustees can constantly, you know, amend and revise and make new trusts within that those trusts, pro forma or express. And like and if people really notice like well, if they're looking for the minutes, that's the federal register. Yep, exactly. That's the federal register. If you the minutes, every the federal man, you are so perceptive. That's the federal register. Is they they give the minutes of everything, and you know you don't see it at first. But then when you learn trust law, you're like, man, it's a trust. And yet it can oh, make some man. trust, but everything still has to be subject to the original trust, all right, which is the organic Absolutely. constitution. Okay, so they corporations they can create people. People get mad to say, well, you know, I didn't agree to no all caps name being made for me. I'm like. Man, don't you understand trust law? Man, I don't have to ask you to make a trust in your name. I can take my children right now and make trust for each one of them, not tell them nothing. I don't tell them Mm -hmm. nothing. Go put millions of dollars in each one of them, and then when I die, a trustee can show up at their doorstep and say, yeah, your father left y'all a trust with some money in it. At that point, they can decide to take the benefit or not. They can say, Forget my father. I don't want nothing that he has to offer me and slam the door in the man's face. Or they can agree to take the benefit. But with the benefit comes stipulation. Okay, well, your father said in order for you to get this money, he made sure he wants you to, you know, go to school, uh, marry this kind of man, and uh, you can only spend the money on this right here. That's what your dad said. Now, if you don't do that, we're going to have to kick you out of the trust. All right, we're gonna kick you out. You gonna kick you out. You know, all these terms of the trust. So it's the same damn thing. The only thing what we're doing is we're contracting and agreeing to be arrested, um, kids getting taken, all this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that we just expressly agree to it, but it is just like Esau. Esau lost his yes. his birthright. Sold his birthright for for his porridge. For a bowl of porridge. Yep. He lost his mind. That's what we do. That's why they putting these stories in there like that. They handed you a bowl yep. of porridge. You know, you love the give devil. Give me something now. Yep. You give me love something now, the right devil. now. You give me it now. I'm lazy. Yep. <laughs> well, like you said, it's like like in your last video, like or it's, it's like it's not easy. Like if you're looking for something easy, 
just keep doing what you're doing because that's that's easy. It's it's like I mean, because you, you know I, I I agree with you, and I <laughs> wish it was different. Like I re- I really do wish that like people could really be on mass self-governing, but I know like the reality, unfortunately, right now is they can't. So while I will never say that I completely agree with the way things are handled, I can understand why, because just being an individual now who has their own interest in building something forward thinking for, for future generations and the generations of those I'm involved in and the people I love. And like, I care about those interests and to just leave it to the whims of a bunch of people who don't even recognize that and basically resent you for doing it in the first place because they're too lazy and they just want to pawn off on, oh, the, the, we're, we're being oppressed, we're being this, we're being that. Well, maybe that's true, but you really haven't gone to the lengths to prove that or to correct it. You're just like, it's like you're it. coming, coming on not... your fucking stuff, like saying, trying to tell you shit that if they studied for three seconds, they'd realize that, yeah, you knew that. 20 fucking years ago and now you're, you've, you've distilled it to a place to a point where if they fucking paid attention they, they might be able to do something for themselves but they're so busy being a victim and be, giving their power to someone else which is not being a god then they, they, they got a get. victim mentality and you know what I'm going to say this that victim mentality is you know my studies and all my studies you got to understand these people in power they study all this stuff too so Yep. It's the first time in my life that I, I um you know, I feel like I'm on the other side of the fence with my people. You know, I've always been like rolling with my people and everything. But the way that I that, you know, like with this Trump stuff and watching what's going on in the media, because of what I know, when I see my people react, man, there's only one damn verse in the Bible that comes to my mind. It says, Let the heathens rage. And I had to think about mm. that. I said, man, what that verse is saying now because see a heathen is a person that don't know law so you know so don't follow god's law don't do anything they're just like a wild animal they don't follow they don't have anything that's governing them governing themselves so i'm like when kanye said about blacks want uh choosing to be in slavery and and people got upset now with this 14th amendment Mm -hmm. and all of that and you know there's this thing i'm seeing it you know you just see things differently it's like oh, oh look what trump's doing Look what he's doing. You know, I'm looking at Whoopi yeah. Goldberg. You know, now I'm looking at everybody differently. I'm looking at Whoopi Goldberg now as the biggest traitor to her people that ever is. Because I think she knows what she's doing. I'm looking at her like, I'm like, damn, you is a damn, you is a damn house nigga. You know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing things <laughs> through a different lens now. I'm seeing that people that they putting out front that's making it look like they for us, they really the house niggas and everything that's trying to keep us enslaved. And then when somebody comes and tries to tell them about it, it's like you're looked at as a um, it's 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 just like it's just like it, there is a uh, 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 I think it's Plato's analogy of the cave. Okay, it's analogy of the cave, and you know it's like these people have been raised in a cave their entire life. We're looking out at the mouth of the cave. They've never been outside the cave, but at the mouth of the cave they can see a light and they see shadows walking back and forth at the mouth of the cave. So all their life as they're growing up, they saw these shadows. They've been kind of debating amongst themselves of what the shadows are and arguing and everything on what the shadows are. Well, one day, one courageous soul had the, you know, fortitude to venture outside of the cave. And he came into the light. And when he came into the light, you know, when you first come into the light, 
it blinds you at first. But then your topic vision will slowly start to kind of stimulate itself. Mm. You begin to make sense of everything that, you know, you're looking around and seeing and everything like, okay, I can can see that the shadows were shadows and it's real people who are casting these shadows. And now you see a world of color, light and sound and people and of majesty and magic and wonder. And then you go back to the cave. You're like, man, I didn't know this. So you go back to the cave to get your people. And so when you walk back in the cave, they say, where you been? I said, I've been outside the cave. What did you see? And then you start explaining to them what you saw. They snatch your ass up, tie yep. you up, and then get mm-hmm. a boulder and put it at the mouth of the cave and say, can't nobody else leave the cave? Because when you leave the cave, it drives your ass crazy. That's what's going like, on. Um, That's what's going on. It's just going on. That that, <laughs> that reminds me of the, the Harriet Tubman quote when they asked her, you know, how many um, how many slaves she helped to freedom, and she said, "All I know is I could have helped, you know, thousands more if they only knew they were slaves." It was. That, see, like, that's I another mean, thing. That's another thing. People don't understand the mind state. Slavery is a mind state. They showed that in Django. They showed that in Django yep. at the end of Django when Jamie Foxx, mm-hmm. you know, he up. Uh, 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 he, he escaped out of the cage. He left the cage open. Right. The slaves Absolutely. in the cave wouldn't come out the cage. They, 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 you know, I ain't coming out there. I'm like, man, I just killed all these <laughs> damn slave masters for you. We got the guns and the horses. Nobody around even see your ass. And you won't and that, come out. That movie, that movie, the perfect. Analogy for like because of that that character Jamie Foxx's character in that movie because I talk to people about that too because I think we we confu- like because the the language our, our language has become so rudimentary the way the generally understand it so that we don't know the difference between freedom and liberty and that freedom is not a physical thing freedom is a state of mind like and liberty re- pertains to the the the, your, the freedom of your bodily movement and I think that. His character in that, no matter what, when he was in bondage, not in bondage, whatever, his mind was never a slave's mind. Like I know people locked up right now that can't get that. that if if I when I you know I talk to them, you know, once twice a week, and if I didn't know they were locked up, I wouldn't know they were locked up because they're in there, they're and they just can't wait to get out and get back to work. Um, and like, but the people. Uh, but all the people outside, like the I call them like snowflakes that are like in this social justice landscape where everyone's like uh, speaking for the oppressed but doing nothing about it and have no idea what it's like to actually be in a situation like that. Like they're saying, oh, they need free, like freedom, freedom, freedom. I'm like, yo, I know people locked up whose minds will never be free. Meanwhile, you're out here, you know, with all this, you know, liberty. Meanwhile, your mind's in a fucking box, and that's really like. I think like someone who who's truly free, who has the mindset of freedom, you you, you can't you, you can you could never lock them up to the point where they're a slave. They're not. Once your mind that, is be free, once the mind is free, it never I was I was watching a movie on the Boer Wars in South Africa when uh, you know, England uh when gold was discovered in South Africa and, and so forth and the Boer Wars and um uh, that's what he said. He said England wants to give us liberty. He said we don't want liberty. We want freedom, you know. And uh, it was it was a real uh, it was a real good movie. I forgot the name of the movie, but people need to study it. It's about the Boer Wars and uh, everything, 
That was really good. But hey, man, look, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take yeah, a call. Yeah, yeah, do your thing, bro. Great talking. Right. Great talking to you. Homie. All right, peace, peace God, peace, peace, peace. All right, let me go on. Y'all should really look at that movie of the Boer Wars. Start, start finding out about the mind, about what really constitutes freedom. Are you free? Let's go to area code two zero five eight five six two. You online? What's on your mind? Area code two zero five. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's happening, man? What's going on? I'm out in Alabama. What's happening in Alabama? Oh, man, dude, this is uh, this is Kenneth Van L. I've been trying to get in touch with you for a minute, dude. You a busy cat, man. <laughs> yes, I really cat. I am. I am, I am, yeah. I am. What uh, you got for uh, um, Well, Well, what I wanted to know, man, was um, when I get ready to do my UCC3, I mean, I'm sorry, UCC1, correct? Um, and if I don't have my nine eight number right then, I mean I I know you're supposed to have it, you know everything in order. You can amend you it. Do you it. can you just amend it. You know, just do a three. You can do it without your nine eight number. And just matter of fact, I'm gonna be honest with you. The original when I first did mine, I didn't have no nine eight number. I was in damn jail. I didn't have a nine eight number. You know what I'm saying or anything like that. So that 9-8 number was just somebody who kind of uh, – here's the concept. Let me give you the concept behind all of that. There is none of this stuff written in stone, okay? So when y'all come to me and say, well, I need to know how to do this the right way. When you say the right way, there are certain, there's a principle that you have to follow, okay? And the principle, first principle is you are claiming your property, that all this is your property. You have to understand what your property is, okay? What is your property? Okay, and how are you going to do business? All right, so a trust is put in place. Everything that you that that you are utilizing is your property. So you have to put a claim on it. So if I'm getting a 9-8 number, that's your property. You need to put a claim on it, okay? Your Social Security number, you're putting a claim on it. You're controlling it, okay? You're controlling it. You're not owning it. You're controlling it because you're the person. You didn't create it. You didn't create the 9-8 number. You didn't create the Social Security number. You didn't create the straw man. You didn't create any of this stuff, all right? But you have an entitlement right to the proceeds on the distribution of all this stuff. This is what's key. This is why you got to understand trust law, okay? You have an entitlement, all right, which comes under what I think is Article 8 of the UCC, where it gets, talks about entitlement rights and so forth. Okay, you got an entitlement, all right, which is nothing but trust law. Entitlement holder and beneficiary are the same damn thing, Okay. You are a benefit. They got all these millions of words, but all this falls under trust. It is all trust. Trust me on that. It's all trust law. Okay, so you yeah, are I'm on, putting I'm on your website too. You you putting all this in the trust. So when you look at putting a nine eight number, four five number, two four five numbers, and uh, putting it into a trust. Okay, and then you're claiming those on your UCC one. You can do it beforehand or afterhand. It don't really matter. That's what you have a UCC three for. It's an amendment. It's an amendment. You can collaterally add whatever property to it. You know what I'm saying? You can add it on there later. You don't have to have it initially, right when you start off. You know these processes that people are creating. Uh, these processes are always changing. Uh, people are uh, improving on them. Uh, you know, just utilizing different techniques and different things like that. But they all follow a certain principle. This is about claim. What are you claiming? The IRS. All they ask you is one question. What are you claiming? Do you have a claim? 
And if you have a claim, can you prove your claim? Is there, there's a proof of claim. All right. So what are you claiming? All right. Once you get it, claim it. Okay. It don't matter when you claim it, but you need to claim it. So if you go and file a UCC one, you have your four or five number, your nine eight number. That's okay. That's okay. File it because what's really important is the social security number, getting all that basic stuff. Those are things. That's estate planning. That's how you planning on doing business. The secondary thing, the nine eight numbers and the four or five numbers, because the only reason you need those numbers are to conduct business with. That's it. That's it. Well, you don't what, need those to conduct business what? with. Once I get those uh-huh. two four five four five numbers and everything like that, and, and get it filed with the nine eight number, I just start doing business with either my corp number or my state number. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. So you claim them when you get them. You do a three. Let's say you file your UCC one. Go file it. Put everything that you have. You might not have. You might not have the marriage license number. You might not have your, your all your kids' birth certificates and everything. But you just want to go ahead and file it. Fine. Soon as you get a hold of those things, do an amendment and add them to it. It's collateral, and check the box that says collateral ad because all those things are going in the collateral description, which is section four on the UCC one. Well, if you look at the UCC three, you'll see a box on there that says collateral ad. That's what it's for. It's an amendment. So you now you're amending your UCC one by adding things to it. You do the same thing every time you issue a negotiable instrument. You're filing the UCC three. It's an amendment. Why am I doing that? Because when I create a promissory note or international bill of exchange, that's my property. Now I need to establish a claim on my property, and I need to have proof of claim. And you got to understand how negotiable instruments work. It's negotiable, which means it negotiates, meaning that when you give me a $20 bill, that $20 bill is going to end up in somebody else's hand. Now, but if I want the person whose hands it ends up in to originally, well, who is the person who originally had this $20 bill? What I might write on there is my name and my phone number and my address on that $20 bill. I'm the owner of this $20 bill. Here's, okay. here's the proof. I, I did sign my name on it. You contact me right here. All right. No matter where that $20 bill goes down in the United States of America, my contact information is on there. I'm letting everybody know that I'm the holder in due course of this $20 bill. So wherever it ends up at, it got to come back to me. But if I don't put nothing on there like that, when I get the $20 bill, I can become the holder in due course of it because I didn't get notice that there was a holder in due course. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself to be the holder in due course. I didn't get notice of it. So how I give notice? I attach a three to it. Okay, here's a three. This three got my UCC1 number on it. Okay, I got it as an allonge attached to this thing. Okay, you got this goddamn negotiable instrument in your hand. But, hey, you can go in the commercial registry. Here is where you can find it in the commercial registry. Here's my UCC1 filing number. When you go over there, you will see very clearly that I got a claim on this damn instrument. I'm the holder in due course of it. So I got an entitlement right to make a claim on the proceeds, the instrument itself. Okay, I can, you got to give me that instrument back. The proceeds that you get from it, I get that back. I'm letting you use it. All you're doing is renting this instrument. You're renting it. Okay. I'm letting okay. you use so, it. So, I'm letting so, you use so, so, my credit. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so, with, the UC, so with the UCC3, 
All right, we'll just say, like, uh, I already have someone, uh, what's a registered mail um, slips already. We'll just say, like, I got 15 on hand, right? Not saying that I'm there to use them or whatever the case may be, but can I go ahead and claim those on the UCC? All yeah, 15? you should. Go ahead and claim your registered mail. They're yours. They're all unique. You're going to be using them. Claim yeah. them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It ain't nothing but a UCC one ain't nothing but a notice. I you put a notice in the commercial registry. I that these these okay these registered mail numbers are mine. I got a claim on those. They unique. They're unique numbers. Nobody else on planet Earth got your registered mail number. All right, so they yours. All right, so I got a claim on that. You put the claim on everything. Everything is you putting your signature on something. It's all your property. All right, everything in this society work on claims and liens. You got to understand there yeah. is no money. Right. There is no money. Okay, this is why this is why do you have the UCC. The UCC is the result of there being no money. There's no gold or silver. There's no medium of exchange. Because, see, real money started with bartering. Okay, in other words, you right. get something of value for value. Okay. If I, I'm growing some damn strawberries, you growing some damn grapes. And I say, hey, man, you give me a pound of grapes, and I give you a pound of my strawberries. And we do an exchange. Now I got grapes and strawberries, and you got grapes and strawberries. Everybody happy. That's an exchange. Okay? But they got rid of the medium of exchange. Now we got what's called money of account. We got to keep a record of who owes what to who. That's keeping a record. We got to do an accounting. We got to account for who owes what to who. Okay, in a debt-based society. And the only time that we don't have to keep record of who owes what to who is when we zero out the account. Because don't know nobody owe each other nothing. So we got this accounting method in place where we zero out the account. Nobody owes anybody anything. Then we really don't need any money because we're just keeping an account. And as long as we balance everything out at the end of the day in these ledgers, it doesn't matter if you got gold or silver or, or grapes or whatever. We're accounting. We're keeping an accounting of who owes. We're keeping track of who owes what to who. And I don't have to keep track of it anymore as long as at the end of the day we can zero it out and it balances out. Nobody owes anybody anything. You understand? You do have. Yeah, yeah. You, you, do, you do have international uh, bills of exchange like webinar on your. Um, yeah, uh, I got, I got them on. I'm going to do some more. I'm going to do some more, uh, some more. But, yeah, I got, them on, I got them on my website. Been on there for years, like four or five years. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, um, I'm, I'm already a platinum member and everything like that. And uh, one more question, man, before I let you go. Um, I know it might be a little tedious, though, but with my birth certificate and everything like that, as far as getting authenticated, um, I, I did it on the state level. It was no problem. But when I sent it off and everything like that, um, to get it authenticated, uh, is, is that Virginia or, or United States? I think it's Virginia, I think. Yeah, right? State Department. The State Department. State Department. Okay. I got a letter back. Uh, the young lady said something about don't re- resubmit it back to, to them. She wanted me to re- um, submit it to uh, the Apostle Department. And I, and, I, and I clearly wrote a letter that I wanted just, I just wanted authenticated. That's it. I didn't want to you know, yeah, right, right. Well, you know, it's the, well, you uh, let me see if they changed the rules on it. But the pasta was usually if it was in a uh, a country, it depends on what what country did you use. I think I did Taiwan. 
Okay, and they may have changed it. I don't know. But back in the day, you know, apostles were only for people, uh, for countries that were not a part of the uh, Hague Convention. Okay, so it looks like it's still there. It's a Hague Apostles. It's a USA Apostles. It's a USA Documents Fast Break. say Hague Apostle Countries, U.S. Apostles. Let's see what they're saying. The USA Apostles, Alabama. Yeah, it looked like they, and they got Hague Convention Apostles. Over 115 member countries. And you say Taiwan? Yeah. I looked online last night. It don't look like Taiwan is a member of the Hague Convention. But the United States is, you know, I, I, I have to check and see. You know, I heard somebody told me that they were changing it and getting people to pop. But I'm going to be honest with you. Let me, let me just say this. I feel like um, as long as um, you have something, like people got authenticated, you know, apostilled, okay, I feel like as long as you have something from the federal government that shows that you have their seal of approval on it, that you're good to go because this is all about verification. Uh, you know, it's uh, – because what an apostle is, it is a form of authentication, right? It's a form of authentication. So what you, what are we doing? We just need something that is, um, that's going to validate that it is coming from the State Department of our country and so forth. So we're in another – it's like a travel document because that's what – when you go on – when you're on the stategov.org, it's for traveling purposes. That's why you're using Taiwan. You're telling them you're traveling to Taiwan. So you need exactly. something that stamps. When you're in Taiwan, how do people in Taiwan go know? You show them your birth certificate, and they're going to say, well, shit, they ain't proven nothing. You could have made that shit on a goddamn color printer. They said, well, now exactly. I got a apostille or an authentication from my government. Okay, it's just that's what it's for. It's a verification that the document is official. It's an official document. You know what I'm saying? So but you can take that. Up, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. But, you know, what, what, what the questions came up though is like, if if I if I if I stated that I needed authenticated, why send it back? And, and especially after I well, put they send it back because, down, because, because they sent it back. Well, well, she told you to get an apostle. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read it to you. I'm going to their website right now. I'm on travels.state.org. I, I go to the website and read it. You know, I don't have to. Uh, Okay, U.S. Department of State's Office of Authentication issues both apostilles and authentication certificates. If you need U.S. Department of State documents to be authenticated, please refer to our Office of Vital Records. And let's see what it says. All right, it says, how to replace or amend a consular report or birth abroad. We can, uh, how, let's see, hold on, let me see. Authentication certificate requirements. Before They didn't change the website up, too. Uh, before submitting documents, yeah. Before submitting documents requiring authentication, you must follow these requirements. All seals and signatures on submitted documents must be original, and all the dates must follow in chronological order. And that's true on your documents. Um, that's why people have a problem filing stuff down at the clerk's office. They give it back because you don't have the documents in chron. You got to actually hand it to them in chronological order. You got to hand it to them. It says all documents in a foreign language must include a certified or notarized English translation. Requirements also vary based on the type of document you submit. Okay, state and local documents. Okay, examples of state and local documents, birth certificates, marriage license, uh, death certificates, divorce decrees, probate wills, judgments. Requirements for state and local documents include original or certified document must include the raised and or stamped seal of the court 
or Department of Vital Records and must be certified by the Secretary of State from the state in which the documents were issued. The Secretary of State will certify to the official signing the document under the seal of the state. All right? So that's what you need. Documents issued, other documents. They do affidavits and all of that. But that's what they said, authentication requirements. Now, authentications and apostilles, for information of authentication and apostilles, let's see what it said about apostille requirements. Okay, so the apostille authenticates the seals and signatures of officials on public documents such as birth certificates, court orders, or any other document. I'm reading this off the State Department's website. Right, or any other document by a public authority so that they can be recognized in foreign countries that are members of the 1961 Hague Convention or Treaty. So there it is right there. So if they sent it back, see, this is the thing. Y'all call in and ask me a question. I'm on their website. It tells you if you go, if it is not, if it is a member of the Hague, you say you think you use uh, uh, Taiwan, okay? You need to know what you use because that country you use is a part of the Hague Convention you're not going to get it authenticated. It's going to be an apostle. And if it's not a party to it, they're going to give you the authentication. It's not what I'm saying. It's right here on their damn website. I'm reading it. right. I'm looking at it right now. So it's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Call them up and say, hey, look, this is what's on your website. They have to follow. These people cannot arbitrarily do what they want to do. Everything they do, they have to say, okay, we'll write them back. Okay, well, what law says that? Because they really know nine times that they write you back with the statute, the code, or something like that that tells you under what authority they're telling you to do this. But they're not just making a capricious or arbitrary statement to you. There's something in these statutes somewhere that dictate what they have to do. And either you know of it or you can tell them to, uh, to provide you with that information. But as far as what constitutes an authentication and what constitutes an apostle, it's on their website. Anything else? Hey, that's it, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's on their website, you know. All right. Yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah. All, right. All right, let me go on to the next caller. Uh, is this, what is this, 832-8112. You on line? What's on your mind? Wait, hold on. Let me. Eight three two eighty one twelve. Eight three. Hit your mute button. And go to DC two zero two eighty six zero one DC. Hey, how you doing there, brother? Hey, what's happening, man? What's going on? Hey man, I got I got a quick question. I ain't gonna take a whole lot of time, but I just wanna get something uh clarified. This this is my question for you, and tell me tell me what you think. Now I was listening to when you were talking to the to the white brother on there, and you were saying how uh, uh we get treated or some people get treated the way that they do because they conduct themselves like animals and heathens, right? Right. Okay, my question is this. If I say I say they conduct themselves like animals and heathens. He said they conduct themselves with a victim mentality. I think that's what was being said. But it's basically it's the okay. same thing. You ain't what it is, it constitutes at the end of the day you're not following any law. You're not following with the, what the law says. Okay. That's what the definition of heathen is. The heathen is a person who don't have no law. It's governed. And mm-hmm. an animal is a person you ain't following. There's like seven levels to a man to a man. Let me clarify something. 
the seven levels mm-hmm. to a human being. Okay, you got a beast, you got a uh you got mankind, which is a kind of a man, you got a man, you got a human, you got a human being, you got a being, and then you have a god. Okay, it's seven levels. You descend from a beast level, because he talk about beasts of the field in the book of Revelation. When you go and study these mm-hmm. Jews, I got a, I got a I got a video up on the internet right now. It's called the Matrix in the U.S. Constitution. Well, I'm showing you on there right there, those Jews over in Israel, right? they say that the goyim are animals. And yes. I was added about something that said it too. So it's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you what these people are, how they consider you. They consider you as an animal. Now, the word animal means, means living creature, where the word animate comes from. Okay, so they are looking at you as a beast or an animal. I'm going to tell you like this. I, I, got, I think I really got out of a case in federal court because I told the judge who was a Jew, I told her straight up, I said, I'm not a heathen. It's the only thing that I said that she was like, okay, she dropped the mic and everything. I was like, because I'm not no heathen and everything because that's what it boils down to. When you start studying this, you're going to see that's what it is. I'm telling you now. You're going to see what it is. I'm, and I'm going to expound on it a little bit. Go ahead, brother. Go on with your question. See, this, is, this, is, this is how I'm seeing it. Now, if, okay, let's, let's just say hypothetically, if we run it under biblical law and you're telling me that I'm a heathen, well, if I owe anybody a debt, then I'm automatically um, – uh, a servant, or I'm subjected to this person until I pay their debt, to pay that debt back. Now, if I'm working for this person and I'm indentured servant, the the person who's the master can tell me, okay, well, as long as you're working for me, you you're allowed to do this, or or you can take a wife, or you can own some land, or if I say you can't have a wife and you can't own no land. So my thing is is this: if we owe someone. Who do we owe? How much money has been paid back to that person that we owe? What? Well, first uh, of all, you don't owe uh, nobody nothing because the United States is the one that went into debt. They're the ones went into debt. And they, wait a minute, hold on. The United wait a minute, hold on. First of all, you don't owe nobody nothing. That's what this is about. You're the creditor. Okay, the United States went into debt. And they used what's called a principle of what's called a novation. I and created these straw men, which are debtors, and then got you as a surety for it, and that way that they didn't kind of like trick you into being responsible for the debt. But what we are saying is that when they took the gold and silver, we were assisting the government with their debt, and they owe us. You're the creditor, okay? Everything about secure parties, by creditors and debtors, and you are establishing that you're the creditor, so you owe nobody nothing, okay? If they're asking me, I'm not telling you owe anybody anything. They owe you. I know, but when you're running under under biblical but, law, the, it, it, but, it switched those roles because spiritual law is the highest law. No, it did. You know no, what I mean? Did. No, it did. My people because died for the lack. My people died for the lack of knowledge. It's the only reason that you are enslaved is because you don't uh, you don't know. It's ignorance that's putting you in slavery, and that is a spiritual concept. Okay, you and yeah. if you if you don't know, then yes, you are a slave. Okay, what did Jesus say in eight thirty two? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Yes. Okay, and then we can go into Deuteronomy fifteen one, 
And we're going to talk about the law because it's the laws. It says at the end of every seven years, you should grant a release. You're supposed to be released from your debt every seven years. The Jubilee, yeah, yeah. All right. That's where they got that from. Your credit report will be cleaned off every seven years. They don't want to do it. They don't want to cancel your student loan. Why don't y'all try that with them? They don't want to cancel student loan. We'll put it in Deuteronomy 15.1. Under God's law, you got to cancel this debt in seven years, government. But see, that's the thing. If you operating under God's law, then the heathen have no rights because they're, they're not they're not they're not, a, they're not a party to the protections of being one of the children of God. To be a party they to, to be a to be a and party to God. To, to, to be under, right. listen. Only the only thing you have to do to be under the protection of God's law is to follow God's laws. That's it. The thing about it now, this, this thing with the uh, you getting circumcised and all that because it was a covenant that was established, all right? Yeah. That would identify. You know, if we're gonna use the Bible and so forth, because Jesus was circumcised at, on the eighth day in the book of Luke. You're going to see he was circumcised mm-hmm. also. The circumcision, that's where it come from. That's the mark that you under the covenant. All right? Mm-hmm. But this, uh, and that's also where Paul came in. Because Paul came in, when he came in to the Gentiles, okay, mm-hmm. Jesus said, don't go to the Gentiles in Matthew 10, verse 5. He went to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. He, ta- he, he started pulling back the law because, first of all, you wasn't going to get no grown man to cut the foreskin of his penis off. And he's a full-grown man. That wasn't going to happen. So he started modifying things and everything to appease the Gentiles. And this is why today you have this doctrine that we're not under the law. Even though very clearly in Matthew, Jesus says very clearly in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. And that's why I said, if you check this out, if you get into an argument with these Christians, if you quote Jesus, they're going to quote Paul. If you quote the gospel, they're going to take you to Acts, Corinthians, uh, 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 Thessalonians They're going to take you to the doctrine of the Gentiles So they're telling you who they are They're Gentiles They're telling we ain't under no law We're under grace Okay, So that's cool I'm with that If that's your follower who you want to follow That's it Okay, But I'm talking to the people who honor the law And when you go to Matthew chapter 5 What does it say? What does Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 say? Okay, it tells you very clearly about and I, I, If you want to get into these laws, because there's 613 of them in the scripture. He said, do not think mm-hmm. I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. Well, let me read the whole thing. To you. I'm to say, let me read the whole thing. To you. This is Jesus Christ talking. So if, that, if that's Christ. the case, then the Jews are not wrong for what they're saying then. If we're still under the law and if the law I think I said it. I think I, I think I said it yesterday that here's, here's, I'm going to give you my whole thoughts on it. These ain't real Jews, all right? They Khazars uh-huh. and Ashkenaz from Russia, all right, first of all. They fake Jews. They uh-huh. not real. They fake. Everything they do is fake. So I don't believe they Jews or nothing, all right? They came from Russia. I don't care if you're a Jew listening. Yes, I'm saying it, all right? When you study your history, you came from Khazars from Russia, uh, the, uh, the Khazars and Ashkenazis from them hills up in Russia, from a warlike tribe, mm-hmm. okay? And you came in and stimulated uh, somebody else's identity. That's why you don't speak Hebrew. You speak Yiddish. That's not even really Hebrew what you're speaking. All right? So you mm-hmm. came and came over here and then, then co-opted somebody else's identity. Now, what you are saying is this. Okay? Well, fine. We co-opted your identity, but guess what? We are more loyal to it than you are. Exactly. You ain't following it. 
You ain't following it. Then the person right. who's, uh, who's not actually a son is more of a son than a son who's a son who doesn't keep the law. Exactly. Exactly. And see, that's why you see things like Jerry Springer. Okay, Jerry Springer, a Jew. Okay, so what does he do? He bring on all of the Goyans, white, Mexican, <laughs> black, all the Goyans, and bring them on and show them what kind of animals and heathens they are for the whole world for their entertainment. Look at it. Look exactly. at them. Look at what they do. Look at what they do. They, they fornicate. They have babies all over the place. They cheat on each other. They lie. They steal. Everything. Look at them. They animals. So, 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 so check this out, man. So check this out. I'm so if that is the case, and, and these, these, the, the people who were were drafted or, or grafted into the the um to the to the, the Hebrew religion are not actually the original sons, but they're keeping the law, which actually gives them authority to administer the law. How do the so-called uh, Gentiles and Goyims and other people? Who are like myself and others who are, who are waking up to the fact that hey, there's something else going on. How do you redeem yourself when all of this stuff is actually kind of like going back to the Bible, which is giving them the spiritual authority to do the stuff that they're doing? Because I don't see that they're wrong at all. Okay. I mean, that's my. I don't see it because when I look at when I read a law or I look at a law. I go and find the spiritual principle or something in the Bible. Like, well, you know, at one time I thought this was wrong, but I'm like, this ain't, they're not wrong. All right, let's do this. All right, let, let me read something to you. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. Verse 6. Well, I mean, chapter 6. All right. Let's read it. And this matter, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, let me talk about this. In Verse 12, it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There's a story in the Bible where there was a man that owed the king some money. And the king had the man arrested. And the man begged and pleaded with the king to forgive him of his debt. And the king had mercy on him and forgave him of his debt. Then the man went straight out into the street. And found a man that owed him some money and, didn't and snatched him up and threw him in jail. And then the king heard about it and came and said, oh, wicked man, I forgave you of your debt, and then you owe your brother. You can't forgive your brother. It says this also in Mark 11, 22 through 26. It said, before you ask God anything, who if you have something to give somebody, go and forgive them first. Okay, so we got to talk about forgiveness. Let me tell you, let me tell you what's going on now. What's going on is you got people out there who are casting stones and they got sin. Mm-hmm. Let he without sin cast the first stone. They throwing rocks. That's why they hide behind fake profiles and everything like that. Because while they throwing them rocks, if you were to look into their life, you would see all the sin. That they life has and everything, because let, let he without sin throw the first stone. So you got people who are passing judgment 
when you were cautioned not to judge in uh, in uh, Matthew 7, 1, judge not, least ye be judged. The judgment you meet out will be meted out to you. Okay, you got all these biblical principles and everything that are being told to you in these scriptures. Mm-hmm. All right? And when you start to look at these laws, you're going to see that they're in these laws. Okay, and so what's happening is it's been exacted against you because you don't follow the law. And when I say follow the law, I'm not talking about this biblical law in the sense that it's written in some arbitrary and capricious manner. I'm talking about the laws that rest on the foundation of immutable laws that you call God's law that regulate everything in the universe. That's why I teach the Kabbalion because all these all this stuff come out of Egypt for real. Come out of Egypt. Yeah, right. I agree. When I talk about the Bible and I teach from the Bible, I got to use that because that's what the majority of people understand. I can't go into Egypt and Samaria and talking about all that because first thing you know, I get slated or relegated to some Hebrew Israelite. You're a Hebrew Israelite. You're something like this. Like, no, 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 no. All this came from this over here. But you don't want to recognize that. You don't believe it. Okay. So I'm going to give you what you want. So you'll want what I have to believe. And it's not to say that the Bible don't have truth in it. It got truth in it. The principles are there if you know what you're looking at. So it's something that can be used. Right? I'm not don't never cast out or anything like that. But that book, that's what it is. These, these principles, this ma, this ma. Okay? The laws of ma. You come in my house, you first walk in the house, I got the laws of ma on the wall. That's what I got on my wall. Okay, so those things right there is, but those principles, you see those same principles in the Bible, in the Bible as well. And you got to start honoring those. And once you start bringing yourself in alignment with that, okay, now you become a God man. You become, you become, you become a force because if you are with God, who can be against you? You got to understand that. What does that mean? It's that God is with us. Who can be against us? What that means is if you obey, if God tells you something, there is no power in the universe that can challenge it. The devil don't have no power. There's only one power. See what these Christians try to do, too. They try to make it seem like there's two powers in the universe. Ain't no goddamn two powers in the universe. The devil don't have no power. The devil's a liar and a deceiver, but he don't have no power. He can lie and deceive. Yeah, because he gotta go. He gotta go to. He gotta go to God in order to get permission even to attack Job. So that shows you right there. Only one power in the universe. It's not two. Ain't no two powers in the universe. And that's under all. If you go to any school of thought on the planet, they all agree on that point. But this is, but this is my question. If you, if you, okay, let's say every you we raised in sin. Now I didn't start. I didn't get interested in this stuff what is sin, man? until what is something sin, man? that my life happened like six years, six seven years ago, which made me start looking at the world different, then I began to understand that the importance of the biblical principles and the, the allegories and the stories that are being told that actually can be used and are being ran. I never knew that. No one ever told me that. I had to, I had to stumble. So, yeah, I'd be the first to say that I got a lot of stuff in my past that I'm not proud of. But the thing is, I had to go through that in order to get to this point. But now I'm saying this, if everything is ran, like a trust, and certain things are put in trust for the for the protection of those they don't trust. How can I, me, liberate myself from a trust when I've always been connected to it through all these 
different adhesion contracts that, like even you said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, how well, I mean, do you do that? Know, the only reason that you, the only reason that you are a party to that trust is because you have taken on benefits from. Only way you can be a party to a trust is if you contract with it or you're a beneficiary. That's it. Okay, if you're a beneficiary or you have, that's the only way you can be a party to a trust is to a contract or you're a beneficiary. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you the first thing you need to do, though. And you find that in the Bible, too. Let me go to the Bible real quick. And let me read you a story. Okay. It's Jesus and Nicodemus. All right. It said, there was a man of the Pharisees uh, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, but no man can do these miracles that thou dost except that he come from God. And Jesus mm-hmm. answered him and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said mm-hmm. unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb mm-hmm. and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he can, and spirit is mind, mind, water is fasting, okay, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel uh-huh. not that I say it unto you, you must be born again. Okay, when, and let me just stop right here. What is being reborn again? Yoda said, Yoda, Yoda said it too. He said, young Skywalker, you have to unlearn what you have learned. Because everything, go watch the Star Wars movie, the second one. Where he goes to, uh, and Dagobah system, where he crash land on that swamp planet and meets Yoda for the first time, and Yoda starts teaching him the Force, which is the Holy Spirit. They just call it the Force in there. They call it different names all over the planet. Y'all just choose to call it the Holy Spirit. But he said, you know what? He said, you know, he said, I don't believe I can do these things. He said, I don't believe it. He said, that's why you fail. Yeah. Jesus said the same thing in the Bible. You don't believe? He said, why we couldn't do it? Because of your own unbelief. Because if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. But you have unbelief. You don't believe it. Okay, so you have to have a renewal of your mind. Spirit and mind are the same thing. If you are possessed by a demon, the only thing a demon can do is affect your mind. When people, every time somebody was crazy in the Bible or had a demon in them, Jesus would expel the demon, their mind came back to them. It's your mind. Okay, so yeah, you have to right. up your mind, the way that you think. You've been taught everything wrong. Back. That's what the devil do. The devil take everything and turn it backwards. Everything is yeah, backwards. And you're going to see that. You're going to see these redemptionists. They write papers. They don't even talk about religion. They'll say they everything been turned backwards. It's like we're looking in a mirror. And okay, we the creditors, but they make us think we the devil. They turn everything back. They, you know, God is God is on the inside of you, but they make say God is on the outside. They just all he did he turned everything backwards. So you got to you got to the way that you think. Your thinking is the renewal of your mind. You have to stop and pause and say, you know what? Everything I have been taught is wrong. So I have to educate myself, and that's what he says in eight thirty two. You're gonna know the truth. And the truth is going to make you free. He didn't say set you free. Ain't no set free. It's made free. You're made free. You're made free. 
That's another thing to do. It's set free. Got to take you in chains or tied up somewhere. No, you got to make yourself free. Free is a free. Uh, when you free yourself, it is a, an unfolding. It's an internal process. White says in Luke seventeen twenty one. Look, you need to hear nor there, but the kingdom of God is in you. And he said, you can't mm-hmm. find the kingdom of God until you're born again. He yeah, said, you right. can't find it. You got to be born again. You have to change your thinking. Everything that you're going to see, these some high-level people who wrote these documents. They're going to talk. Like, when you read, for instance, uh, dealing with resentment. Okay, that whole first chapter is esoteric. First thing he said, you got to deal with change your thinking. Change your thing. Understand who you are. Understand. If you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. Power that you have inside of you. Okay. Who are you? Know thyself. What power? Do you believe you have this power? If you don't believe it, then now you're subject to someone else. You will not, nothing will change for you until you accept the responsibility of a God. You are being told this. Psalms 82, 6, John 10, 34, Genesis 3, 22. You're told this. You are a God. You are Elohim is what you are. Let me just change that. It says, is it not written in your law that you are Elohim? You're Elohim. It's not calling you the creator of the boundless universe. They get caught up on this word God. What it's saying is that you have, that, that you are like a teaspoon out of the ocean of God. God is the ocean and you're a teaspoon. You're the same in, in uh, quality, but different in, in uh, 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 quantity. God is every, God is the all. You're like a teaspoon out of the all. You have all the elements in you. You have earth. Fire, water. You have you have the water element in you. Your body's seventy five percent water. You have the earth element in you. But dust you came and dust you will return. You have the fire element in you. You breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. You keep a ninety eight point six degree body temperature. You have air. You need oxygen to burn. And you have the fifth element, spirit. Your blood is the spirit. The spirit is in the blood. Which is why you should be eating blood, because you're eating the spirit of other animals. Unless it's not killed in a kosher type way. It's called kosher. Okay, all these things, when you start studying it, since to it, it's the science behind it. This is not no not no um belief or some sort of uh thing like that. You gotta get the science science behind this stuff and then go and read these books and you see what these these people in these books were scientists. And you yeah, can't right. see it. So long ago, it was written so long ago that the, the terminology that they're using, and then they didn't put all these interpretations on top of it to confuse you even even more. But if you want to see clearly, start with the principles, like it says in Proverbs nine one, wisdom, Mother Nature, wisdom has built her house and has hewn out her seven pillars. They don't say Mother Nature; they call her wisdom. She said, I was the first creation of all the creations, was wisdom. That is I agree with you. And you will begin to see it. It will become clear to you. So uh, when I say you're a heathen or something like that, they kind of like look at it like, well, we don't have to, we can eat pigs now. 
We can eat yeah. meat. No, yeah. you can't. No, you can't. Because the first time you get high blood pressure or something like that, God goes, yeah, you got to stop eating that pork. Because mm-hmm. you, went against, cause you, know, you went against the law, thought you can go against it, and he gonna ha- and you're going to get hammered for it. You can't escape it. The laws are immutable. God says, my word does not come back to me void. Does not come back to me. See, every time, all, all the laws that you see in the Old Testament is God saying, thou shalt not and thou shalt. And he do that 613 times. And he told you, my word shall not come back to me void. I'm not speaking these things in vain. I agree with you again. I don't disagree at all. I agree. And I'll give you an example. Let's look at marriage. Let's look at oh, marriage. <laughs> Let's talk about it real quick. Got to talk about that. Let's look at marriage. They think getting a divorce is okay. You don't see, you don't see hardly any of these politicians getting a divorce. None of these powerful people. They don't engage in that because let's look at it as a heathen activity, unless they absolutely yeah. have. But let's look at it as a heathen activity. Divorce is heathen. Mm-hmm. I even had that. I, I had an old man tell me when my wife divorced me. You know, I didn't want to get a divorce. I, I wasn't trying to give her a divorce and everything. And he, he told me. He said. He said, make sure that she do the divorce. Make sure what? Make sure she's the one to do the divorce. You know, but don't put that yeah, on you. Because this honor will be on her, not you. Yeah, it's on her, not me. Exactly. So they say, they say, well, you know, we not evenly yoked. Okay, they use all this shit right here, and they use all types mm-hmm. of excuses for doing things and everything. We not evenly yoked mm-hmm. and all of this, and even though it says, let mm-hmm. God not separate what God has put together, no man shall separate. So let's read that. Let's read it real quick. I'm going to tell you, I'm going I'm to show you what I'm talking about. I think it's in Matthew chapter 19. Mm-hmm. And this is, and the reason I'm using marriage, because when you study it, I went and studied it, okay, about marriage. And there's a legal sense. You get a divorce, you just legally divorce. You really not, you really not divorce. Hey, man, don't say that too loud. Hey, I'm just, I'm just saying that. I can go even deeper with it because really to tell you the truth, um, the, the, uh, a woman is married to the first person she has sex with. That's who she's spiritually yes, tied to. That's who she's spiritually tied to for the rest of her life. Okay, so that is, what, that is why you having so many problems in your relationships because it's the elephant in the room. See, everybody will talk about They want to go and say, let, let's talk about um, relationship counseling. What's going on with relationships? And you got these experts, dating experts, coaches, and counselors and all that. But what they won't never talk about, okay, what does this scripture got to say about virginity? Why do you have a hymen on a woman? Why is there a seal on a woman that Mother Nature put there to let everybody know she ain't never been touched by no man? When a woman is not touched by a man, her connection is with nature. She is connected to nature. That's why they were seers. When you look at back, you said back, they go to these women, these virgins, all the seers were virgins. They have a direct connection to nature. And when they have a sex with a man, they lose it. They showed you that in that movie. Uh, uh, this, what is this movie? Uh, 
it's some a movie showing the gods and everything battling with the mortals. I forgot the name. I think yeah, it's it, it, uh, immortal. Um, immo- the immortals. I think it's the name of the movie or something like that. You go and watch mm-hmm. that movie. In there, it's showing you that's showing you the example of that. That chick was a virgin. She was a seer. As soon as she had sex with that man, she lost her power. Because they take on the personality of the man they first have sex with. Okay? That's why you have some with that's why the molesting, okay, let, let me check it out now. I'm finna I'm finna I'm finna go deep on you. When these women get uh-huh. molested, they start acting horish. You go in there and strip clubs and all that stuff. A lot of women been in there been molested. When they start acting out, acting like I mean, get, have a horse attitude because it was a debased man that took their virginity and they didn't adopted that. Look and see what I'm saying and seeing if it's not true. You, yeah, I heard that's that. What from Bible, in the Bible, if you took a woman's virginity, they kill your ass. It's a death sentence because you don't bring that spirit into the community. That's a spirit that you're allowing to invade your community. And they will cut, they will root it out. And how they root it out, they stone your ass and kill you. That's how serious virginity was. And that's what you need to be teaching your daughters. Because if they had that knowledge, they would think twice before they let some man go up into them. They say, okay, let me make sure if this is the man I want to take on this person. If I understand the science behind what I'm dealing with, they'll think twice before they just go out and just so easily give their virginity away to somebody. But you ain't even talking about this. It ain't even being discussed. Exactly. None of this. All right, so you look at this. This is what he's talking about. Let no man, because they come one flesh. And it says, right, the Pharisees also came up to him, tempting him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to put his wife for, away for every cause? This is what they got. Any cause to put away for anything? And he answered and said unto them, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. And they, and they twain, the two shall become one flesh. He said, wherefore, that no more twain but one flesh. But therefore, God have joined together, let no man put asunder. Now, this is the first thing he said. What did Jesus do? First thing he did, he quoted God. He said, I put these together. Let no man separate without joining together. Then he go on, he says, they said unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever put away his wife, except it for it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whosoever marry her and put away, don't commit adultery. It's right there in your book. But you're going to church, church, they ain't going to never read you that verse. Goodbye, yeah, but let me ask you something. Because, okay, let's say you guys have violated that. Yeah, I mean, everybody violates that. But this this, this is my question with that, because check out how I'm going to interpret this. They said a man can only put his wife away for adultery, right? Now, is that talking about 
the flesh, or is that talking about the spirit? What if you marry a woman and this woman started to practice like witchcraft or something like that? Is that well, considered to be adultery? Well, the thing about it is, is that, you know, the mind and everything, um, I had a book that was discussing that, that uh, do you commit adultery when you start fantasizing about another person and stuff like that? The thing is this, mm-hmm. though, you know, somebody was asking me this question, and I said, and, and I don't want to just be banging on women because men is just as much as fault, too. The thing is, is that mm-hmm. you, we live in a society that is a free-for-all. You've been conditioned. You've been conditioned. I grew up. I grew up in my neighborhood. How I was conditioned as a young boy was what made me a man was how many women I could sleep with. Everybody in my neighborhood. Everybody in my neighborhood. We all conditioned like that. We weren't given no structure. We weren't. Um, we weren't being groomed to be a husband. We weren't being groomed uh, 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 to be a good father. We weren't being groomed for the responsibility of a male adult. I, we didn't have no rite of passage or nothing like that. The only thing I remember growing up is how many of these damn women running around here can I screw? Mm-hmm. To prove that in some kind of way I'm desirable to them, that, I have a, that I'm more desirable to them in some kind of way. I, that's it, okay? That's it. So I, we were conditioned like that. And they, and they kind of started, because I'll be honest with you, when I was growing up, the women wanted relationships, and the men was cheating on them. Now, you got this being inverse. They like, forget it. Y'all asses is dogs. I'm just going to do what I want to do and ever. We put them in the situation that they in right now. I'm in no way trying to shit on women or anything like that in, in no kind of way because both parties really at fault. But at the root of all of this is we ain't been taught this, not because and not because it's in the Bible. See, a lot of people look at it and say, well, you're reading that out the Bible, Yusuf. Well, no, that's not, that's not what it's about. The Bible is just reflecting a natural law principle. And I come back to the question. If what I'm saying is not true, then somebody tell me why did Mother Nature and her infinite wisdom put a hymen on a woman? Y'all talking about busting a woman cherry and all that? Okay, why is there a hymen on a woman that's going to let you know that this seal has not been broken. And I, I'm going to tell you something else. That, by, that They understand the science behind it too because the woman is the manifester. She is a, she is a container for masculine energy. And that masculine energy, when it comes into her, that's what's going to manifest. The same thing with Mother Nature. If you put a thought out in the universe, she's going to manifest whatever you impregnate her with. So whatever you impregnate a woman with, that's what she's going to manifest physically, spiritually, and mentally. Because she is a receiver. She is, she is the passive principle. And she is important because you got, she manifests. That's what you do. She's a manifester. Yeah, but let me check this out, man. Because I was just recently talking to someone. And I was like, well, you know, let's, uh, this is like a read, uh, I said, well, okay, let, I said, uh, you Catholic. So let's, uh, I said, I've I, I studied the, the canons. So let's, if you ain't read the canon, she ain't even read none of the canon. She's Catholic. And she didn't even know what the canon hey, was. Now, listen, man, now, you got to go, you, you know got to really go deeper. You got to go deeper than the Bible. To understand what I'm saying, you got to go and read oh, esoteric principles behind this, then come back and read the Bible. 
and everything. That's that's where a lot of people get lost in what I'm saying. I don't just read the Bible, okay? I didn't study with I study with these Masons, Illuminati, uh, which y'all would probably call y'all would probably call it some sort of demon stuff. But that's only because I ignorant. It, it ain't nothing devilish about it. Anything. Even when you use the word witchcraft, witchcraft don't turn me off. Witchcraft doesn't turn me off. Santeria, hoodoo, um, Yoruba religion, none of that stuff turns me off because with all of that, there is, it's, it's not good or evil. It's the person who's using it that makes it good or evil, what you would call good or evil, because all of them operate off natural law, and natural law is not good or evil. It just is. It's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. Natural law is not good or evil. But you can take, like a knife. A knife is not good or evil. But if you take, you put a knife in an evil person's hand, he's going to do evil things with it. If you put a knife in a good person's hands, he's going to do good things with it. So when you study all these things that they've given labels to, because these are labels, witchcraft, all this kind of stuff, these are labels that you give. But when you look into these, into what they're doing, these are sciences and the manipulation of natural forces and so forth that are in the universe. Right? The Bible see, that goes back to the question I asked you a minute ago concerning, like, what if you, a man who's a, a godly man marries a woman, and she's starting to practice this thing that we label as witchcraft. Now, I watched a video of a man that was over in Asia. This man could heal people with his hands. He could start he could start fires and do all kinds of stuff because he was manipulating the the, uh, the magnetic energy that was in his body was I think it was Tai Chi Tai Chi master. Man went out seven years and and meditated in a cave and you know was, um, he said he was in connection with the spirit world. But this guy was healing people with his hands. You know now what if you like and going back to what I was saying, you got a man who's a, a, a he's trying to be a man of God and you marry a woman who start practicing witchcraft. Now you don't know anything about that, but this she has she's more experienced than you. So there's no telling. Like, I don't put nothing past anything because some of the things I've seen in my life make me realize there's a lot more going on on this planet than most people realize. And when you make a movie, oh, this is just fantasy. No, a lot of these movies are depicting actual facts, but it's put in a way to make it seem Okay, well, let me ask you so a question. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Was... Okay. The miracles that Jesus performing was that witchcraft. Um, Jesus was Walk, walking uh, on water. He was, he was he, he, you know, Jesus. You know, you know, you know. Jesus even Jesus even did necromancy. You know what necromancy yeah. is? Raising of the dead. Okay. So he, he brought which has to do in order to become one or warlock. I know what you're okay. saying, yes. Okay, oh, well, well, hold on. I got a point. I got a point I'm trying to make, though. Was okay. what Jesus did considered witchcraft? Walking on water, changing water into wine, raising the dead, you know, coming back after three days, you know, all healing the sick, all these different works he did, feeding the multitude, multiplying the fish and the bread, all these different things that he did, was that considered witchcraft or evil in some kind of way? Well, I'm gonna say this. I'm going. I'm not gonna say what he did was witchcraft. What I'm gonna say is that he and other people that are we consider to be demon possessed or demons, whatever, they're performing some of the same acts. Okay. So, so let's look. What, that, let's look what Jesus. Let's look what Jesus said. Okay. I'm in. I'm in John. 
I'm in John 14, 12, and he said, Verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Now, Jesus is telling you right there that you have the capability to do everything that I just did, because I'm your example, and even more. He even throws that on that a greater. All right. So now I guess we do need to, okay, so we should understand that he's already opened the door for us to see out here in the world that there will be people that will be able to do the same thing that Jesus can do and greater works. All right. This is what he said. Now, it remains for us to determine because in the book of, uh, of uh, the Old Testament, it says that you shall not suffer a witch to live, which is what King James, he uh, translated the Bible and he started, they, and the result of that was these witch trials and Salem trials and things like that. They started, uh, mm-hmm. you know, putting each and every, all this, all this political opposition, getting rid of his wives. He started saying they're a witch because now we get into some dangerous territory because now you're saying your wife is a witch. All right. And it's like, well, what is she not a witch? You know what I'm saying? How you know she's a damn witch? Well, did she tell you she was a witch? Okay. Or is she just doing some sort of ritual, you know, like, you know, like for instance, the, let's say you take the uh, you have a child and you take and you take the customs and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you like the placenta after your child is born and buried under a tree. Okay, that is done for long okay. life of the child. Okay, well somebody else might interpret that as you're doing some type of witchcraft or something like that. Well, you know it's like. With things that are, are being interpreted as something, now, I'm not saying that evil people don't exist, and I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that don't do things that are what could be conflated as demo, demonic and things like that. Obviously, we have that. All right? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we have to be careful in judging things like that because the powers that are being exercised are not what's evil. It's the intent and spirit behind the individual that is what is evil. Mm-hmm. Because all the powers in the universe come from God. I agree, but I, I, when I was in the military, man, I ran into a couple of people who who professed witches, and I remember them trying to put spells on people. Matter of fact, uh, well, there's one evil. person I know. That's yeah, there's one person I know here. One of her friends, she told me, was a witch, and she was trying to put some kind of spell on some man. You know what I'm saying? Like, but basically, what I'm saying though is like, uh, the question is, if you marry to someone. Because the marriage thing, that 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 if you're married to someone, if you're lawfully married, that's a whole different whole different ball game. But if you're married to someone and they commit spiritual adultery, is that grounds for a divorce? Well, I mean, you're asking me. I mean, God, you know, look what Jesus said. I mean, I'm just going off. But you know, you're asking me something like I'm the authority. I'm not the authority. I'm not the authority on that. The authority on that, if you're a Christian, the authority on that is the Bible in Jesus Christ. And I just read to you what he said. Okay, he just said, he said, let no man take, you know, let separate what God. Now, let me just say this. You should already know that the problem comes in, too, because you marrying women that are foreign to you, that didn't grow up like you grew up, don't share the same values. Those are all things you should have been established before you got married to the individual. They shouldn't be springing that up on you. By surprise and all that after the fact, you know, after the fact you got married to the individual. So let's look at the cause and effect of what you're saying. Huh? 
How many people? How many people think that far ahead? Because again, you now talk from the position where you understand well, all that. Well, that's what I'm just. You know what? And therein lies, and there, and therein lies. And therein lies your problem, the state of affairs that exists in with humanity today. They don't think that far ahead. But these people exactly. running everything they do, they think 200 years ahead. Exactly. And, 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 and that's the thing, though. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, that's just how I look at it. I think if someone is, is, is – your spirit is basically who you are. It's your mind is what you think. And if you, if you don't share the same values as that person or you changing it, and yeah, that is a form of adultery because if you, if you, um, if you stray from in the spirit, eventually you're going to spray physically also because the mind controls the right. mind. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Because causing – well, you know, that's, that is – you're absolutely correct. The, the physical follows the mental. So, you know, if you're mm-hmm. thinking something, as a man thinking, so is he. You know, if, it's, if that thought is on your mind, but, you know, it's like a Muslim, it's a Muslim guy. His Muslim guy explained it to me. It said if you find something unclean in your wife, then you have a, a right to to write her a bill of divorce. Now, so you know, because all well, unclean. I, that usually they were talking about if she had sex with somebody, wasn't a virgin or something like that. That what did Jesus say? He said the only reason that you could release your wife was for fornication. That's it. And you know, so there's a violation. You know, so that, that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to say. That sex thing. People don't respect sex and the power of it and what's happening spiritually. The connection that's being formed between a man and a woman and all these different connections and everything mm-hmm. that women are taking on by having sex with different men and also you because you take on things from her and all the other men she's had sex with too. That's why mm-hmm. that was really the that was really the root of um of the success principle when no. you study it with women no, no. and everything, why they would value the virgin because you don't want to contaminate a woman because you don't want to contaminate yourself. Yeah, but you just said something because I, I was reading on witchcraft and it said one of the things that one of the, like one of the seven wonders or whatever these witches have to do as part of their uh, part of their uh, their initiation or whatever is that they have to learn how to balance the energy between. Uh, um, your energy and something else's energy. Now, if if you're saying just hypothetically, it's a hypothetical question. If you're saying that if I have sex with someone, that, that I take on that person's energy, they take on mine. Are we? Is that is that some kind of a ritual or? Well, yeah, they have they have mind? something called they have something called sex magic and uh and things like that. That everything in the universe is about balancement. So that principle is incorporated into everything. No, it don't matter what type of discipline you're in. You know, that balancement, you got to learn how to balance energies with any type of school of thought you're going to get into. That's what I'm saying. When you read witchcraft, they follow the same principles that even you get into Satanism. They got certain principles that they got to follow. They got certain. My point is this there are laws that govern everything, they're natural laws that govern everything. She just talked, that's just another way of saying a natural law. What you decide to use with that, what people can't understand is what you decide to use with that law. Like when you look at the, the Deuteronomy, what that, what that Elohim is saying to you in there is like, for instance, when he's saying um, don't eat certain foods, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not that he, that's an arbitrary and pr- pr- uh, capricious pronouncement. There's a cause and effect associated with it. So he's telling you, know, like the pig uh, is, is like a human garbage disposal. Okay, so is a catfish. He scavenger food, shrimp. 
all these crabs, everything, everybody, everybody want to eat these scavenger foods. Okay, it's an unclean food. Okay, if you eat something unclean, it's going to have an effect on you. Okay, you may it may be subtle, you may not know it, you may not notice it, everything, but it's going to have an effect on you. Okay, so that's what it's put in place. It's just like if I tell my daughter, my little daughter, don't go in here and touch the stove. Okay, and she like she she's too young to understand. She like why well, can't you touch the stove, daddy? Girl, if you touch the stove. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put fire behind now. Touch that stove, okay? Okay. Well, I'm telling you, don't touch the stove. Not because the stove is evil. Not because uh, anything. She's too young to understand what she's dealing with. She could burn herself, hurt herself, knock some grease over, or do something like that. Well, that's the same thing with human beings. A lot of human beings are like children. Okay, they're just like children. They haven't been taught anything. Okay, like 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 the other caller said. They've only really been educated up to like about a seventh grade level. I mean, like a second grade level, really like a second grade level. Okay. But they don't know it and as far as spiritual matters are concerned. So you got to take this child and say, look, you don't need to do this. Don't eat this. Don't do this. So I got to give you some rules and everything to govern over you until I can get you to a point where you can develop spiritually and then you can become responsible on your own and be able to handle all of this stuff. Because you're not supposed to be stagnant in just this one religion. That's another problem. If you look behind all these religions, they have other schools. Like Islam has Sufism. You know, Christians have Christian science. The Jews have uh, the Kabbalah, things like that. Okay, what these are, these are different schools that elevate you in your spiritual understanding. But most people are content to remain at, at a certain level. So what they do is they have an initiation. They come through and they look at you and see, okay, is this person ready? Because, like, some people get eyes will become open and they can understand. A lot of people not. They just content going to work, taking care of their family, watching reality TV shows, you know, paying their bills and doing things like that. And you don't want to disrupt it. See, I'm, I'm being just straight up with you. You don't want to disrupt that person because that person has that right to live his life the way he wants to. But for the other yeah. individuals who want to go out and elevate themselves and everything spiritually and go to the different levels right, in different dimensions and different things like that, okay, well, they don't, there, there are things that are available for them. And that requires discipline. And, and, it, and it also may require some things that may look very strange to you. It may look strange yeah, to you. And that's, why, and that's why that you had to keep it secret from you. Because when you go back in history, all throughout history, they have been attacking and trying to kill the people who have been teaching the esoteric sciences. They, they call them devils, demons, burning people at the stake, doing all this. And that's why the secrecy came in. The secrecy came in because, okay, these people right here, they don't understand. They the mindless mob. Okay. They don't understand. You know, everything with them is, Oh, that's some devil stuff that you are talking about. Yusuf. When the thing about it is, a television a hundred years ago, or what about 150 years ago, would be considered the devil. How did you get those damn spirits in that light box? If you show somebody in the 18th century a damn television, they will lose your day damn mind. How did you get those spirits in that light box? All right, you know what I'm saying. So as you as you progress. 
in your understanding of how the universe operates, what at one time will, what, what you would term magic will later on simply be called science. Uh, and science just means to know. Okay, the word enter, which is Latin, means to know. Okay, so you're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to make you free. So how are you doing all of these things? Well, people attribute it. If you're going to do the same thing Jesus Christ is doing, okay, because he just told you you can. He said, look, all these things I do, you can do too, and more. Okay, well, how am I doing it? With the help of the Holy Spirit. Well, what is the Holy Spirit? What is that? What do you mean the Holy Spirit? Which, by the way, I'm not saying that's wrong. That's actually right when they say that, the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay, yeah. The Holy Spirit. Like, what is that? Now, what is in that? Acts 18, 18, Acts 18, uh, like 17 through 20, it says that Paul, I think Paul and Simon came amongst this woman who was a fortune teller, right? And this woman was asking him, she was a witch. So, Paul, he basically cast a demon out of her, is what it said. And then she couldn't tell fortunes no more. When the people that okay. she worked for found found this out, they took Paul and Simon to the to the um to the judges. And the judges cast them in jail. I mean, I know you know the story. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar. Yeah, I'm very familiar then, with the story. Then then uh, the other Christians prayed for him and that's when the shell Sure, and broke open, and they came out, and they showed up at those people's house. Now, we can do the same thing Jesus Christ did. Why is it that when Paul in the Bible, in the Bible, we just go on the Bible, it's saying that when he cast that demon out of that woman, she couldn't perform those acts anymore. Okay, first of all, first of all, first of all, you you talking to me, I just said that earlier that you have a discussion with Christians, the thing they do is run to acts. Uh, Galatians. Let me let me give you some background on these bio, these books that you're that you're talking about. The book of Acts uh-huh. is written by Luke. Okay, it's written by Luke. Okay, Luke was not a disciple of Jesus Christ. All right, and Luke, the book of Luke and the book of Acts is really one book at one time. They separated the two. All right, the book of Acts is written around 64 A.D. Then you got Corinthians and you got Thessalonians, Galatians, all these books. 13 books by this man they call the Apostle Paul, whose name was Saul. His name is Saul, which is a Jewish name, which means ass. And he changed his name from a Jewish name to a Greek name, a Roman name called Paul, which means little one, which means little one. All right, so he changed his name. All right, now, in the book of Matthew, it tells you very clearly that Jesus sent out his 12 disciples and told them, do not go to the Samaritans or to the Gentiles. But go and see ye first, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He put the word only on there. Only. Okay. Now, this man ain't Paul. Okay, who the Christian. All right, let me give you a verse, and then I'm going to ask you a question. All right. If you go to Acts, Jesus said he met, uh, Paul said he met Jesus on the roadside. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book of Acts. All right, let me give it to you. So when you go to Acts chapter 9, let's go there first. All right, he said he met him on the roadside. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show all y'all something. And I'm going to go. Y'all got to see who this man Paul is. All right, so right here, Acts chapter 9, verse 3. And he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, 
saw Saul. Why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the prick. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what they must do. Now here's the one. Okay, here, the, here are his, here are his um, witnesses. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. All right, okay, so that's pretty cool. So let's go into 22. So he tell the story again. Okay, tell the story again. All right. So if you go down into seven, I'm just going to skip right to it. You go down to 22, nine, it says, and they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but heard not the voice that spake to him. So which one is, did he hear, did the people with him hear the voice or did they not hear the voice? You know, go back and read that second one again. Okay, let me go, let me read it, let me read, I'm gonna read it to you slowly this time. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you go to Acts chapter nine, verse seven, and the men mm-hmm. which journeyed with him speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. They heard a voice, mm-hmm. they didn't see no man. All right. So then we go mm-hmm. to twenty two, because you tell the story like three times, I think. Go to twenty two. And verse 7, and he said, and they fell to the ground and heard a voice, oh, I mean, 9, he says, and they that were with me saw indeed the light for the fray, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Is that a contradiction? Okay. I see what you're saying, okay. yeah. Oh, 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 it's a lot of this. It's a lot of this stuff in here like this. This is just one small example. I can give you a whole bunch of them. But the thing is this, mm-hmm. who is Paul? Because he's the person trying to persecute. The Christians, y'all follow Paul, okay, which means that y'all are Gentiles. Because he was the 13th self-appointed apostle. To the, and I know I'm going to piss off some Christians. I don't care. I'm going to tell y'all that's the truth because I can back this up in Scripture. Y'all want to try to challenge me on it. Call in, get pulled out your book, and let's go at it. I've been doing this 30 years. All right? Paul... I can give you a whole list of things where, Je- where Paul was trying to supplant Jesus. And you got all these mm-hmm. stories, all these stories and everything to try to look like to make Paul, because Paul was with Barnabas at first, and Bar- Barnabas means comforter, okay? And Barnabas couldn't handle him anymore. He broke away from Barnabas and started doing his own thing, okay? Because nobody mm-hmm. else wanted to deal with him because they remembered who he was. And he started teaching his own doctrine. And that's why you get in the book of Romans where he said, if the truth has increased by my lie, why am I yet judged a sinner? Because he's telling you I lied, okay, but I got the truth out there through my lie. When you read these books and see these contradictions in here, okay, with with the way Paul is teaching, it's going to make you begin to question some things. See, the thing about it is you look in these churches, they go to these these, these, uh these church, these schools, I don't know what these, these, these theology schools or whatever. Notice that mm-hmm. when they come to y'all churches, the only thing that they teach y'all is out of these Gentile books. They don't want to teach you out of the books that are for the a chosen one, right? Because what they're basically saying is y'all ain't the chosen one. Y'all are those who need grace, right? Because you're not the chosen. I agree with you. 
Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't subscribe to that. I'm not teaching my people that. My people ain't no damn Gentiles. My people are the chosen people. My people are the true Jews. All right, my people are the gods on the planet Earth, okay, that it talks about. That's what I subscribe to. So don't get no, don't get confused about my stance or who we are as a people. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. I don't subscribe to no victim mentality. I done read these books. Yeah, Paul got some good stuff in there. You can find some good stuff in Paul's book, but you also find a lot of stuff that contradicts Jesus. And you're going to see that's what a Christian will do. You quote Jesus, they're going to quote Paul. Like you just did. <laughs> like you just did. I just no, Jesus I just told question. Me, you can do everything. Well, and you question. Wait, hold on. You question me based off Paul. That's like called an antichrist. That's the spirit of the Jesus, antichrist. Paul, right, Paul is, you go, Paul I just gave what Jesus said. Well, you went and dug uh-huh. up a Christian. A, a scripture to try to counteract what I found something with Jesus said. And I get, and everybody listen to me. Every time you quote Jesus, they gonna quote Paul. This is why. Oh, no. Come on, man. I, I, I don't have oh, no spirit of an antichrist. If oh, I got oh, the spirit oh. of an antichrist, then I'd like to know why I've been going through oh, so oh, much hell. Hold on, hold on. Let me go. Uh, and let me finish. I ain't finished. I ain't finished. Let me go to Matt. Oh, right. Get you up. What else Jesus said? Matthew chapter 24. All right. And what Jesus, because Jesus tells you. He said, and he said, on, he said, right here, he says, and he said, I'm on 24 verse 2. He says, he set up on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came on him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name. Seeing I'm Christ and deceive many. Who are they talking about? Because he gave you the qualifier. They're coming. They're going to be telling you they're coming in my name. So right there, wait a minute, hold on. That eliminates Jews and Muslims. So they ain't coming in Jesus' name. So let's, let's, let's see the Jews and the Muslims, the witches, the Satanists, the, the, the Kabbalists. Let's leave all of them out of the equation. We're talking about a specific group of people and the qualifiers coming in his name. And the only people coming in his name is Christians. But Jesus never heard the word Christian. Never heard it. Never heard it. They were called Christians in the book of Acts. Okay, so I, all I'm saying to you is this. I ain't tell I ain't everything I'm telling you is coming out the Bible. Okay, these laws in this country, okay, these laws in this country, they came from two places. Okay, they came from Blackstone Commentary and out of the Bible. When they used to mm-hmm. come into the courtroom, they have a Bible under his hand. The judge is dressed like a priest. The original judges in the Old Testament were the priests. It was the priests who were the judges. Okay, all mm-hmm. this stuff is based off of ecclesiastical law. So why we have these everything? Because you need to understand how these people are looking at you. Because that's what I did. I did a deep look into this, and the Bible became came alive to me. At first, the Bible was not alive to me. It was not alive. It became a living document once I seen that the that people were implementing all of these things against us. 
that the spiritual yes. I'm going to tell you one thing that Paul did think that was real, really real. In Ephesians chapter 6, when he said, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and evil in our places. That was the realest thing he said. <laughs> you're right. That was real. But you were saying, you're right. Because even you said it, you hit the nail on the head because the Bible is taking on, like, it's alive. And everything I do and everything I see now. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything I do, I look at it from a biblical perspective. I don't look at it just from like, Let me tell you. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, 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 let me say, let me interrupt you. I'm looking at my people that's wa- listening to the show. There's a lot of people listening to the show. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, a lot of people, they get mad. Because I did, I, I did a, a seminar. And they were like, we didn't pay to come here. You talk about the Bible and God. And it's like, you. what they want to do is they'll call in. That's why I asked me about UCC1 filing, 9-8 numbers. Uh, you know, uh, my affidavit, I put in an affidavit. They'll go, they'll go on some straight up physical, just some, you know, just some like, I'm like, damn, you know, it's like, and so then it makes you see, it makes you see that, okay, I see why these people do what they do. I see why they yes. do what they do. Because the people who are spiritual run, run the planet. Like the priests and everything, the priesthood run the planet. Everybody who is, exactly. is spiritual, they're going to run the planet. If they get mad at wealthy people, wealthy people are more spiritual than poor people. All right? yes, they, yes, they are. One of the indications of you being spiritual is having money. If you don't have any money, you're not very spiritual. What I mean by spiritual, spiritual law, law of attraction is a spiritual law. Okay, the predominant, thought you carry, the predominant thought you carry around with you all day is what you're going to manifest in your life. That's what I'm talking about. So if you're poor, you have poor thoughts. All, right? all these things right here. You're not a spiritual individual. I'm just going to tell you the truth. That's what it is. Nobody's feeling sorry for you. All right? you got to pull. The helping hand you're looking for is at the end of your arm. you got to pull yourself out of the mire of your, of your slothfulness, of your laziness, feeling sorry for yourself. Keep counting yourself as a victim. Nobody is going, nothing, you will receive no help as long as you keep thinking, i.e. spiritual, as long as your spiritual disposition causes you to think in that manner. It's not until you take on, all right, the spirit of being being a God, of, of, of being positive, okay? Once you start controlling your own thoughts, once you raise the sail of the ship on the ocean, and start directing your own path. Nothing is going to change for you. This is what we took through all of this to tell you just that right there. And we can get in discussions about Paul versus Jesus, but y'all don't have to. Y'all can go on the internet and put in Google Paul versus Jesus and look at all what the uh, what the authority has to say on it. If y'all don't believe me, I mean, I agree with you. It don't make no difference. I, I hear the people calling into the show. And you can teach them all of that stuff, all of the filings. I mean, I've been listening to your show for a very long time. And what I know now, I can file all that stuff all day long. But if I don't know how to defend it spiritually, it don't make no difference. Cause you it don't make no out. difference. It don't make no make difference. No you manifest, you manifesting, you manifesting your fear. So if you file all this stuff and then you just don't believe in any of it or nothing, like, I mean, it, it, it's all about, Everything is op- really the the paperwork is just like a um, it's just well, like a uh, your own record. Yeah, I mean, it's, you can it's do that like, at home. You can file it by yourself. 
I mean, you. Yeah, no, it's, it's nice to take people on notice, but you don't necessarily have to until that time comes. You know, the, the, but yeah, the paperwork. Like, you're right. All that stuff starts from the inside. So I listen the paperwork, to these guys. The paperwork. Listen, how you do that? Like, man, you you missed the whole point. That's what got you in this thing because you yeah, don't, you don't respect God. The paperwork is like a placebo effect. It's like a placebo. That's how it's a placebo effect. You have to do it to convince yourself. You know, it's like, you know, like people who, you know, they some people need to worship something for their faith to increase. They need some sort of visual something. They need a picture of Jesus upon the wall. They need a cross around their neck. Uh, they need these things. Uh, it's a placebo effect. By them having those things, it makes them feel that they've been empowered in some kind of way. Okay, well, it's the same thing with your paperwork. You file the paperwork, it's like you feel that you've been empowered in some kind of way by doing that. But at the end of the day, it's not really so much the paperwork, it's you. Okay, being a sovereign is a state of mind. It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. Okay? It's a state of mind that you have. Okay, can somebody, it's it's like this. Look at what these people on the internet be doing. They actually have the audacity to tell you you're not a sovereign, as if another human being can tell you who you are. That's a legal argument, It's like they they have the audacity to really think that they have the power of public servant, a fucking public servant has the power to tell you who you are. It is the biggest Jedi mind trick of all time. I ain't going to say nothing on that one. <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing on that one because I, I said the wrong thing. A public <laughs> is telling you who you are. No, you put a public servant in his place. You take a public servant's job. You put them in unemployment. That's what you do to public well, service. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They, don't because they got the job. Go damn to job. The damn job. Also. Yeah, huh? but it, it goes back to the spiritual side also. You know what I'm saying? Because if you ain't right spiritually, then you really don't have no secular rights. You got to be right with God and be, like you said, you got to uh, live those principles. And if you're not, then somebody can come and you serve because you ain't balanced. Like you said, everything well, needs to well, be balanced, you know, right? Well, you, well, you, got, well, you know, that's balanced. true, but you can't just be arbitrarily making pronouncements, uh, sweeping generalizations as if that covers everybody. You know, you're coming out saying that sovereign citizen ideology and all of this kind of stuff. And that's what they do. They'll start showing you examples of them killing people and doing stuff like this. They don't believe they have to follow no law. They start showing you all the heathen activities. All right, that's what they start coming behind it with. Like, you ain't no damn sovereign. Look at what you do. That don't apply to everybody. That does not apply to everybody. All right, it doesn't apply to everybody, okay? That's what I'm talking about. They just come out and just arbitrarily come out, and, and they put out stuff to try to deter people from exploring and, and uh, finding their sovereignty and correcting themselves. That's what I don't like. They try to use it as a deterrent. You know, it's, it's like that. Oh, that is what I have a problem with. Hey, bro, hey brother, look, I got to go on to the next call. We didn't talk long enough. I got about seven minutes. It was a good conversation. I got about a million people in, in queue. I got about an hour left right, on the show. 
right now. Peace, peace, peace. But I enjoyed the conversation. All right, eight four seven nine thousand nine. You're online. What's on your mind? Yusuf, can you hear me? What's that? Loud and clear. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Total respect for you, sir. Um, I've been listening to you for a while now. I've been reading a lot of your uh, documents that you uh, put out and uh, got myself in a bit of a pickle and uh, got a question about the the, uh, A4V process involving the courts. Um, I'm wondering if I have to have the uh, uh, UCC-1 and the uh, exemptions, secured party creditor and everything all in place in order for that to be effective with the court, with the UCC, uh, with the A accepted for value. Um, will that be uh, uh, effective with the courts if I don't have those other things in place? Great, great question. All right, let's look at. Let's first go to the principle behind what you're saying. Have you ever heard of the ten the ten maxims of commercial law? Yes, I have. I have. What's number ten? What's number ten? I do not. You don't remember what number ten? All right, let me let me read number ten for you. Let me read. Let me read it for you. Which, which I'm doing a video on this because I, I got to do a video on, on the 10 maxims of commercial law. That's something that everybody should know. You know, it's something I studied early on. All right, number 10, it is a lien or claim can be satisfied only through rebuttal by counter affidavit, point by point, resolution by jury, or payment. So there go your options right there, all right? There's your options. Right. right a, charge, a charge is a lien, okay? So the only way to get rid of a lien is through what? Rebuttal. Jury trial. All right, jury uh-huh. trial, payment in full, or counter affidavit. Okay? One of counter affidavit is a is a traverse. All right, because you you're you're challenging what they're saying. Okay, a right. jury trial. Okay, the first two are what? Those are you you're arguing. Okay, so basically you're traversing what they're saying. And now you got to go to a fact trial. Or you can do what it says in Matthew 5.25 and agree with your adversary and just simply pay it. Now, we can't pay it because there ain't no money to pay nothing with. Understood. All right. right? So we can only discharge it. Acceptance for value is discharging. It is basically understanding that they are giving you a negotiable instrument, whether it's an indictment or traffic ticket or whatever. It's a presentment. As a presentment, a presentment just really only needs your signature on it, okay? Because a negotiable instrument can look like anything, all right? Now, you asked the question, do I have to be a secure party? I've answered this question probably about, this is probably going to be 595 that I've answered <laughs> this question, all right? And I say, no, you don't have to be a secure party, all right? The thing is, is that, okay. like, do you have to have a bank account to cash a check? You go to check cashing place, can't you? Okay, so my question yes. to you would be this. If you are an issuer of an instrument, because now this is what the reason I went through all of that is you have to understand who you are. You're a banker. Okay, you're involved in commerce. You are issuing an instrument when you do an acceptance for value. That's an issue. Okay, you are the holder in due course of that instrument. Only if 
any subsequent holder of that instrument has noticed that you are the holder in due course. Now, my question to you is, how are you going to give a subsequent holder of anything you sign your name on that you're the holder in due course if you don't put it in the commercial chamber? Not saying that you can't. I'm just asking you, how would you do it if you don't use the commercial chamber? Well, can it can it only can it be only um, um, uh, notified to the courts, or does it have to be notified also to the Secretary of the State and so on? Listen, there are rules to this. All right, you can give notice to the court. The court, if you got, I have to, I always had to get this example. If I go to the court and get the court twenty dollar bill, and the court know, I, I, the court knows that the twenty dollar bill came from me. They know who gave it to them and everything. That's fine. But what if the, when the court gives the $20 bill to somebody else, they don't know that that $20 bill came from you. The purpose mm-hmm. of doing a secure party process is to have a commercial chamber to lodge claims on instruments so that the whole world is put on notice that that particular instrument, you're the holder in due course of it, no matter who comes into possession of it. Because that's why they're called negotiable instruments. They are negotiated mm-hmm. behind the scenes. They take them and trade them on Wall Street. They may end up all around going off flying all over the planet. But at the end of the day, for you to have a claim, because they UCC 3-306 claims to instruments, UCC 3-305 recoupment, for you to recoup that, you have a claim on that, you got to follow the procedure. It's a procedure you follow. I'm not saying, it doesn't tell you in the UCC that it has to be in the commercial chamber, but it does, but they set up a commercial chamber for that particular purpose. There, you could be creative and probably do it in another creative way. Nobody's telling you you have to. I just say I tell everybody it's not written in stone. Nobody's doing the secure party process just to be doing it. You read the law and you see what the law says. You understand why you're doing it. I didn't make up secure party, and neither did any patriot. This shit was made up by the people who created the UCC. They the one created all of this. So if you're going to be demonstrate that you are more than competent to handle your own commercial affairs, you'll read the UCC. And that's the problem. Most people don't read the UCC. They don't read it. Because everything I'm answering to you right now, UCC 3-302, UCC 3-305, UCC 3-306, the answer to your question is right there. All right? You can give it away. But that when, even when you have a money order, they give you a claim ticket. Don't they? Yes, sir. You tear off the claim ticket. Why do you have to clear, tear off the claim ticket? So that they know whose name it's in. No, they have evidence because if you make a claim on it, you got evidence you can make a claim on it. You got evidence. Okay, right. so I'm not saying you have to use the commercial chamber. You can use something else, but you need to just, you need to sit down and think about, well, how am I going to have a claim demonstrate or have a proof of claim how am i going to make proof of claim if i don't use some sort of public registry for it how am i going to make proof of claim well the the uh the clerk's office of the court would be a uh, a public registry right it possibly could be the case number could i the case number i entered into i entered into their record um uh affidavit of truth uh, declaration of uh, conditional acceptance and uh, a memorandum of law uh, based on a lot of things that I've learned from you and uh, 
I actually did uh, um, make a physical appearance in the courtroom, and uh, basically I, to tell the truth, I buckled under pressure, and he looked at me and said, are you an attorney? And I said, no, I'm not an attorney. And he's trying to get uh, my, uh, uh, who I am, and I, I, you know, the name, I asked the, uh, um, uh, when they ask you a question, when they ask you a question, listen, listen to me. When they ask you a question like you're an attorney, you don't answer no questions. You fire back and say, do you have a claim against me? And watch and see what he do. When he said, when he, when he asked you a question like, do you have a, do you, do you, are you an attorney? I said, sir, do you have a claim against me? Because, I, I asked you, the, uh, don't ask me no damn questions unless you got a claim. You got a claim right. against me. Okay, I'm here for settlement and closure. You know, the problem is you answer questions, you get you grant jurisdiction. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. You do. You answer questions, you grant grant jurisdiction. You gotta learn how to a- answer a question with a question. You know, answer the question. He who asks the questions is the one that's in control. And if you bonded the case, right. uh, you gotta have a you gotta have a bond on these cases. These are admiralty proceedings. It's admiralty. Admiralty involves bonds. Admiralty involves cases have to be bonded in admiralty. Okay, you'll see that in their statutes. They'll tell you that. Yeah, all that. Okay? All that has been uh, is all explained in your um, uh, dealings with presentments in episode number three, right? Yeah. Well, they t- they talk yeah. about the bond in episode number uh, five and, you- and ver- five five. Bond. I think you mentioned that in episode three also as part of the I mentioned procedure. three too, but it goes over the court bond and the supplemental rules of admiralty in the United States. If you read the supplemental rules of admiralty, that is the most revealing thing that you can read, the supplemental rules of admiralty in the United States Code. All right? It talk about the bonds in there. You know, you can read and see. I'll tell you very clearly. So the thing is, is that the, the thing that they're hiding is that it's admiralty. All right, that's the big thing. They are hiding that fact from you. They don't want you to know it's admiralty. Okay, they don't want they don't want you to know that. That was my point in doing the video of the UCC uh, connection by Howard Freeman. Okay, because he's in there telling you the little story about he talked to the judge and how that came about and uh you know the uh, Erie versus Tompkins railroad decision when they started using the UCC and all of that and commerce. Okay, my point in doing that. Was and they are taught that in college, them, them law students have to go through the Erie versus Tompkins Railroad decision. They understand how the court system changed and so forth. So I'm 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 saying this back to your original question. No, you don't have to be a secure party. You know, it's like a judge told me one time. Uh, no, it wasn't a judge. A banker. A banker told me one time. He told me he said uh he said the UCC was created for uh, was uh, made for you to be creative. All right. It doesn't tell you what you can't do. No, no, he said, what did he say? He said, tell you what you can't do. Whatever it says you can't do, you can do. So he's saying your creativity is allowed. It's allowed. You know, when you look at my process, this is one of many. It's not saying my process is the best process. But when I look at a process, I'm looking at what kind of principles is it following. Are you making claims on the estate? You know what I'm saying? Are you being taught how to do commer- uh, to uh, draft up your own uh, commercial instrument because to be a private banker, one of the number one things you got to know how to do is make a negotiable instrument. You got to know how to draw up a promissory note or international bill of exchange. You got to know how to do that. Have you gone through all 96 articles 
of the Unicentral Convention. You'll notice that it parallels Article 3 of the UCC, and both of them parallel all of the law merchants. That's all they did is codify the law merchant. So, you know, uh, the Negotiable Bills Act and all this kind of stuff. So these are the things that, you know, I'm just going to give you an overview. No, you don't have to be a secure party, but you are signing your name on something. You're doing acceptance for value. All right. Do you understand what acceptance for value is? Do you understand what that means when you say acceptance for value? Are you being a banker's acceptance? All right. You're signing your name. You're putting your name on a negotiable instrument and issuing it. You're the issuer. You need to file it. That has to be assessed. You need to file a claim on it. There are taxes that are involved in it, all kind of things like that. Okay, are you competent enough to be able to handle all of that? A lot of, a lot of people don't want to do that. So, some, so what you can do, hold on, what you can do is you can form a UCC1 trust and then appoint the Secretary of Treasury as your trustee and then have him do it all for you. Because they're the professionals. You're just a beneficiary. They're the ones supposed to do the work anyway. Okay. So now you'd have, you'd have, you'd have contacted the Secretary of Treasury. You'd have let him know under the secure par- under this secure party uh, type of process that, look, I'm aware of um, my role, vice of vice, the United States government. I understand that y'all bankrupt. Okay. I understand I'm the creditor in this situation. Okay. I understand that all these debts are prepaid. He with the gold has to pay the debt. Okay, you got the gold. Okay, so I understand I'm a beneficiary with an entitlement right. That entitlement right, I can put that in trust and appoint you as the trustee of it, and you can use the value of that entitlement to offset obligations in the public. Okay, this is what you have to understand what you're doing. Once you understand what you're doing, okay, it'll make perfect sense to you. And you will also understand is, well, you know, I don't necessarily have to do this, but do I want to be thorough? Do I want to cover my bases? Do I want to have a process in place that I know for sure that I'm dotting my I's and crossing my T's, that I can use this process? Is it the only process you can use? Hell no, it's not. But they set up a commercial chamber for a reason, for public notice. And you put... And you put notices in certain places. You don't put real estate in the commercial chamber. You put real estate in the real estate records. They got a place for that. Put notices for certain things. I'm just saying. Is well, rocket science? That is something that those are things that I'd like to have set up. Absolutely. Um, at this point, I'm, I'm dealing with uh, the court system right now, and I want to get that taken care of in the proper way so that they well, can't come back. Well, okay, at me. let me say, let me say this: sure Is this your first time going into court doing this? Uh, yes, as I told you about my my first experience actually walking into I I actually filed right. the uh, the paperwork that I explained before I went into the courtroom, and uh, he the judge passed it on to the. Uh, uh, prosecutor and he just kind of flipped through it didn't really read any of it that I could tell and then uh, in the meantime he's dealing with all these other cases coming up too so I don't think anything was actually read and uh, it, it I don't, don't matter really properly memorized. Listen, let me, let me, listen 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 when you go in there man don't pay attention to how them people be acting they acting okay they are acting yeah I, they're going to act all right? you got to understand that you got you to gotta know this is why you have to know the law and know that you are within the bounds of the law. All right? It don't matter what they do. 
It don't matter what they say. It don't matter what they do. You are there to do. You're either there to do your business or their business. Their business is to use you and collateralize you and make money off of you. That's the only business they have. I understand that. Yeah. All right. So nothing they say, do, or any everything they say or do is toward that end. Okay. Your business is here to make sure that they do what they need to do. Okay. Where the taxes on this? Where the 1099? I'm issuing you an instrument. Okay. I need a 1099 on that OID. I, you need to file. I need to, who, 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 I need somebody's tax ID number. Because I got to report this to the IRS. This is an issue going out. And I'm going to need to be taxes back to myself. It got to return to me. Because I'm the, I'm the creditor. So do, Y'all use my credit. So I should do a FOIA search on them to get the tax ID number and so on? You know, uh, you can get in tax ID as ideal, but you don't have to. You can give the court, the courthouse and all that. It's all about giving the IRS enough, enough information. They know who to contact, who to find. The tax ID number just helps them locate this zero, just zero. They just lazy in on it. You know what I'm saying? Because they got that number. But if you don't have a number, tell them who they are. Okay, you got a case number. You got a courthouse. You got a case number. You got the courthouse address, all that. You use all that. Use them whatever information that you can give them to help them find who they're looking for. Why? Okay. But at this point, um, I've got, uh, like I said, the uh, um, affidavit of truth filed with them, memorandum right. of law explaining all the all the um, holes in their case, and uh, also the declaration of uh, conditional acceptance. And right now, <laughs> I just need to follow up on that. Yeah, but you know, you know, <clears throat> when you talk about a conditional acceptance. A con- you, are you going to do a conditional acceptance or an all-out acceptance? <laughs> all-out acceptance is honorable. Conditional acceptance is you want them to prove something. Yes, and well, they can't prove a claim. Right? Well, That's kind of like a I was giving them a, a, a time frame to respond, and I haven't gotten any response. That's what I felt that conditional acceptance no was response. purposeful. No response is a response. Right? So, you know, that's called tacit procreation. So that's why you get right, a notary right. to issue a, uh, a, a issue a non-response certificate of non-response. Right? everything is documented. Like you, you got your correspondence to go out to them. Okay, here's what your correspondence says. In your correspondence, you identify how long they have to respond to it. You give them an opportunity to cure if there was a mistake involved, and maybe they didn't get your correspondence, or something happened they couldn't respond to it. So you allow them another ten days and notify them again. Hey, look, 10 days ago, I wrote you something. I haven't heard back from yeah. you. Okay. So, and then at that, that third time, you default them. So now they're in default. Now you're going to take them into a court of equity. Okay. All right. You're not taking them into a statutory jurisdiction. They got to go to equity because you got a contract. So now you need to remove that case. And I was just reading in, um, what is this, uh, equity? Uh, I was reading an equity book last night. We're showing you how to do that. Uh, and creditors in their bond, they tell you to put in a bill in equity. Okay, you're going to do a bill in equity and have a case removed into an equity proceeding. All right? And then you're going to, as your exhibits, you're going to have exhibit A, your first correspondence, exhibit B, your second correspondence, exhibit C is your certificate of non-response. You're going to introduce that into evidence, and you're going to look for a summary judgment. The reason you're looking for a summary judgment is because they are in default. Okay? So, 
hey, Your Honor, I need a summary judgment. You can give me a judicial review, make sure I did everything properly, and then issue a judgment. <laughs> it's an equitable proceeding is what you're looking for. Because equity, God judges you with equity. I've heard people out there scream on equity. It's like, nah, you got to go into equity. You can't, you can't, you can't go, you ain't get no win in that statutory jurisdiction. None. None. You ain't get no win, win over there. Unless you can yeah, really hardcore, you hardcore vicious with procedure and you catch them up on some, uh, some sort of procedural deficiency or something like that outside of that. Yeah, yeah, your chance is slim to none winning over there and something like that. And if they're not going to be honorable enough, which you got to understand, they're going to posture themselves like that because they just can't start just like giving everybody everything because everybody will start doing it. You know, so obviously you go into public, they're going to act like they don't know what you're talking about or things like that. Huh? I said that's why they save you for last. That's why they save you for last case to come up. That should tell you everything. Yeah, yeah. Why I got every time I go, I'm the only person in the courtroom. They don't want people hearing that. So that's telling you right there. They don't want people hearing, you know, they acting like if if what here's here's my question. If what we are doing don't have no effect, frivolous, goobly goop, uh, what are all these words they give to it? Well, why y'all got a problem with us filing UCC ones? Why don't you just let us file our UCC? Only name on the UCC one is mine and my damn straw man's name. I ain't hurt nobody with it. Why you don't want me filing it? Frivolous. If it has no effect, why are you trying to stop me from filing it? Why don't you just collect all our money? Because if you just everybody doing it, we we making you making money. We give you Federal Reserve notes nonstop, and then you try, and the next thing come out your mouth is it's frivolous. Well, if it's frivolous, why are you paying attention to it? Why you care? I wouldn't care. Like, shit, they're paying me money. That's $10 a pop. Let them file it. What's the yeah, problem? it doesn't harm them any. If it doesn't harm them, why are they concerned about it, right? Why I got to go last? You got to go last because sometimes they won't make you go last. Like them videos you see on YouTube, they can make a fool out of somebody. But if you the type of person they can't make no fool out of, you gonna go last. If you if you show if you show them you're very knowledgeable, all right, you ain't they ain't finna let you go in front of no. First of all, they don't need people don't need to see that because the average person going to court is acting like a goddamn whimpering child and scared to death. God, the goddamn judge is God. The prosecutor is damn Jesus Christ. And your defense attorney is like an apostle or something. He ain't got no damn power whatsoever. He's just doing whatever whatever Jesus and God is telling them to do, that's what he damn do. That's what it is. You know, my thing is this, what's the alternative? You can do what they tell you to do. I think if 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 they were doing, if everybody had a perception about the judicial system that they want to act like is the real deal. And why is somebody like me as big as I am? Why, why so many people listening to me? And not just me, other people too. Not just me, it's plenty of other people. I said, why is this movement growing? Why why everybody, Why everybody? is all this stuff happening? If what we're doing is just crazy and everything. Why is that? You know, I don't understand. I only have a job because they won't do their job. That's the only reason I, they did their job, I wouldn't have a job. They're not doing their job. What they're doing is making money. That's what they're doing. 
because they are bankrupt. There isn't any money. And the only way to make money in a debt in an in economy with any money is through interest in things that is that is uh, that that comes from liens. A lien is the interest and it's in a thing. Fear in the people. That's what it is. Yeah. So back to the original question. No, you don't have to be a secure party. You're doing acceptance for value. Ask yourself how you gonna put the blame on the instrument. You're issuing an instrument. Don't need- right, when you sign that, when you do an acceptance for value, you're issuing an instrument. How are you going to put a claim on it? Do you have to use the care party? No, you don't. But those things need to be present in your mind because that's a part of banking. It's all part of banking. Okay? Protest. You know, that's why they have notaries in bank because they do protests on instruments and things of that nature. You know, it's banking. You're a private banker. You're doing banking. So do what bankers do. Okay? That's just it. Issue the instrument. And and no UCC is necessary for that uh, procedure as well. But I I plan on doing that in the, in the meantime anyhow. I've been telling people since day one, they don't have to do a secure party process. You can be creative and make up your own damn thing, and which people do. People do that. You know, I've seen all kinds of things. People use other chambers. Like some people like to file stuff down in the real estate records and, you know, things like that. You know, and, hey, you know, if that's what you want to do, whatever floats your boat. If you got a place, if they're going to recognize it, if they're going to let you file it, and then, you know, uh, you're able to have some sort of proof that it's filed down there and give it to somebody else to give them notice. Because it's all about notices. It's just a notice. It's all about notice. It's all about notice. Right. That's all it's about. Three all is the magic number, right? It's about notice. Huh? I say three is the magic number, right? Magic. That's another thing. Sometimes you have to go in that courtroom and say something three times. Try that right there mm-hmm. and see what happens. See what happens when you do it three times. And I watch how they start acting. You have to put all this stuff. You have to try this stuff to see if I'm telling the truth or not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying. To, I'm not telling you no lie. Okay. You go in there and you see for yourself. You and that's why you have to know the natural laws because you have to use something they can't run from, and the only thing they can't run from is natural laws. That's why you got to start studying natural laws. They can't run from it. They cannot run from God's law. They can't. They can't. Hey, brother, I, I appreciate it. I got to move to the next caller, though. I, I, appreciate I greatly it, okay? appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yo, you're welcome. All right, let me Namaste. go to. Namaste. Let me go to 530 area code. You're on line. Five three zero. Yeah, what's up, brother? You said. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, what's happening? Got a few few questions. Not gonna uh, try to take up too much time. But back earlier in the uh, conversation, we were uh, talking about the marriage license. Um, Is there a is there a way? Or I know there's a way. There's always a way with him. But uh, to rescind the marriage license. And to be able to just have a contract between that man and woman, so that there's no. I mean, I mean, I mean, you can turn in any license. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you need to write them and ask them, but uh, you know, you can rescind anything. You know, you can get back your driver's license. Huh? Why you can't get back a marriage license? You know, a marriage mm-hmm. is a contract. It's supposed to be a contract between and and. The state looks at it that way. They don't look at it. They do not look at it in any kind of way that the marriage license has anything to do with God 
Right? It's a biz. It's for business purposes only. It's for business. You know, y'all look at it. It's like they they church you into one corporation or something like that. But you know, you can rescind it. And I only got married one time, and you know, uh, I ain't had to deal with that again. I've been married once in my life. So, and then when I got married and divorced, I ain't know none of this stuff. I ain't know any of this stuff. But the thing is, is that uh, I don't see why you couldn't. Yeah. What people I have seen. What people do in this movement is that they get the marriage license and the marriage certificate, and they claim it on their UCC one, and they add it into their collateral. They make it a part of their collateral. Then as far as uh, all right, and then when um, going into a little trust question, uh, if you open up, can a trustee to start uh, discharge a debt that's incurred by a business trust? I mean, I'm, I mean, if it's a public debt, mm-hmm. why not? I mean, you know, why not? You know, yeah, you can discharge any debt if it's a public debt because there isn't any money. They all, they all obligate. They all. Uh, why would he not be able to? Would be my question. That'd be the first question I was asked. It's all debt. It's all, all invisible. You know, fiat currency by decree that's built off your credit because everything in there. Because you know, you talking about it, how it incurred. There has to be something behind it that uh, created the debt. When you get Notice that when you get a 9-8 number, any of them numbers, they, they're somewhere down the line, there's a human being somewhere mm-hmm. at the root of it, all of it. So, right. you know, I, you know, if it's a, my, my short answer would be it's a public debt. It's a, if it's a public debt, yes. If it's a private debt, no. Don't matter the, the, where it came from, its origin or anything. It's the nature of it that determines whether or not it's dischargeable or not. And if it's a public debt, yes, you can. Because you're issuing an instrument to offset that obligation. So your credit is good. That will be like saying, is your credit out? What else they going to use? There ain't, ain't no money. They can't use somebody's credit. So, so. And then another, because uh, I, I know I've, I've, I've been um, – Around or doing, you know, doing research and stuff for a while on this too. But I remember seeing um, the con- uh, actually I saw two part of the course, but the uh, common law common law copyright notice. Uh, I know I know I've, I've heard like you can place it or at least try you can place it in a county recorder uh, wherever you're at. But would because most of the time like. If you're trying to get that, if you're trying to get that um, noticed, like you can't most. <laughs> I know where I'm at. You can't really put it in a newspaper, or you know what I mean. Like they'll, they'll the newspaper, they're like, well, if it's a legal notice, then uh, it has to it has to have a certain criteria to it or whatever. So my question would be for that copyright notice would would uh just sending it sending it to uh any violators would that suffice or well you're not no violator you got to give them no you got to give them notice of the fact first you can't do it after the fact uh you got to give them notice so if you you can't put a newspaper 
then send it to individually to the individual. Send one to the Treasury Department, one to the judge, one to the sheriff, one to the mayor, right. so one to the governor. Okay, got you, yeah. That's what I was like exactly that. what I was thinking. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, yeah, so down. wherever you at, you just send it Send it to whoever you want to know about it, and that, that way they're on notice. And, it's about okay. notice. You got yeah, notice. yeah. When you look at the UCC and the section about notice, it don't say nothing about no newspaper, no nothing. It say a person is given notice when. All right? That's what it is. That's where they come from. All right? You have knowledge of the fact. Okay? So you got knowledge. If I send it to you, this to you certified mail with an affidavit of mailing from a notary, you got knowledge of the fact. And I got proof. Yes, yes. All right. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that was the only little question I had, and everything else is, is on. Give thanks for your help and advice and knowledge and wisdom right. he's given you. Yes, sir. All right, peace, brother. Thank you. Peace. Yes. All right, have a have a wonderful weekend. All right, y'all. Thank that's you. it for me today. I will be back on next week. I know, I know. I I ran my mouth a long time ago. I got to talk about my favorite subject. We talk about religion. That's my favorite subject. Spirituality and all that kind of stuff right there. But I'll be back on. Ain't my last day. Be back on next month. I'll be back on Sunday. I'm coming on Sunday with the uh, Natural Law Hour. Be back on Sunday. And Monday and, you know, whatever. But uh, anyway... You know, it's been good. You know, I kind of, you know, I'm getting back into the swing of things with the uh, uh, being back on the air and everything. You know, spread the word. You know, it's pretty cool. I'm kind of liking it, kind of liking it. But anyway, I want to say peace to all the gods and goddesses. I want y'all to have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I will see y'all Sunday. Peace. I'm going to put it in, y'all. Open on Friday, it is a beautiful day outside. I'm gonna put it in, y'all. I'm gonna put it in, y'all. It is a beautiful day outside. I'm gonna put it in, y'all. Welcome to High Priestly Radio. Y'all know how we do it on Friday. It's open mic. You know, we're here to see. can talk about whatever we want to talk about. That's how we do it on Friday. I'm gonna put it in, y'all. One of the main topics.
Twitter is a decision. And it tells you that in your Twitter Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.